Anna. What is this boy? I've done it. I've created a golem. Child, what have you done? This boy saved me. He took on a handful of men with his bare hands. It is a heartless monster, and we must take it back from whence it came before it is too late. He is our protector, our savior. We have no choice. You will never be able to heal that girl. It is only a matter of time before Vladimir and his men kill us all and burn our village to the ground. You and I, we have crossed paths before. I saw it all when I was a child. I saw you destroy our enemies, but also the ones we loved. As soon as Vladimir is gone, you take that parchment out of its mouth and put an end to this golem child. I promise. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Guys, it is episode 160. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're going Old Testament in... From the dreidel to the grave. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, well, we, need, we need to preface, I think, the entire show by saying that uh, sometimes we're idiots, so if we say anything that might be uh, terrible... Well, we're you know. t- we're talking about a couple... We're talking about a couple of movies based off of Jewish folklore. Yes. And we like really bad jokes, <laughs> so I just kind of feel like we need to put this on Front Street right now. Like I have, I have a list of Yiddish words here that I, I plan on putting somewhere. I'm going to work them into conversation. That he has no idea what they mean, though. So no, you no. can use well, there's them. There's definitions. It's just if if we offend you, feel if if you're Jewish and we offend you, feel free to kind of clap back at us because we were raised Catholic. So there's there's plenty of ammo there. It's true. It's very very true. <laughs> so just come right back at us if you want. Probably, probably way more so actually. <laughs> I mean, have you read the news? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, what's going on, guys? I'm Guy in Red Shirt. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Mike. <laughs> oh, Guy in Red Shirt's here. I'm here, man. I'm here. I forgot about Guy in Red Shirt. Man, that... You can that... never forget about Guy in Red Shirt. Well, I can he's because gonna, it's He's going to pop two... up uh, everywhere. It's been two weeks since we've been here. I know. That's the extent of my short-term memory. It's two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, so... <laughs> Tell you what, it feels good to be back here, guys. Yeah. I always hate it when we take a week off, only because I don't get to see your smiling faces. Well, you still get to see me. Just not Jay's smiling face, and his is more important than mine. What I meant is I don't get to see Jay's smiling face. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I see you way too much. Look at this studio, man. I know. So we are broadcasting live from the inside of the uh, spaceship from Independence Day. Yeah. That's where we are right now. Yeah. It's really fancy. Thanks, man. What do you got here, Jay? What is Got this? a little bit of this, a little bit of that. This is a, I did a little home makeover, if you will. It's Ooh. a new setup here. You got a desk with all of it. It's got... Uh, he was just, he was just nice, editing on the floor before. Nice new, uh, <laughs> nice new Argosy desk. It's 
got uh, like all of your stuff is pointed toward the sky now. It's like being in a rocket ship. It really is like a rocket ship. It's yeah, pretty I, cool. I had that other studio desk for a long time, and I got uh, got offered from our good old friend Josh Frost uh, a sweet deal on a new desk. And um, good guy, Josh Frost. And uh, and I was due for an upgrade. I was wanting to, you know, get get into something different, a little bigger and fancier from what I had for a while. And uh, so I made the switch. It there's, looks good. There's so much more room Thanks, for man. activities on the desk. I know you could you could do ballet on there if you wanted to you could you could legit- <laughs> and, it would, and it would hold it may, you could le- <laughs> may i yeah you could legitimately have coitus on this desk oh you he, could. On the old he has already <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, with himself but yeah i was the only one here but it still counts all right george was here i'm sure oh yeah Give mm. him the old ghosty oh ghosty <laughs> the ghosty it's been a while since i've had a good ghosty mm. uh, well what's going on boys besides a whole lot, uh, uh, we had halloween Oh yeah, Halloween was fun. Yeah, man. Like I said, two weeks. It's yeah. a, it's a hard. It's a, it's a. That's a long time to retain any sort of information. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had, uh, like I said, we had, we had uh, originally planned on doing the Halloween hangover episode. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know what? Life happens. Life happens. Life sometimes. happens. What are you mm-hmm. gonna do? So, uh, un- so we're gonna keep those two movies. We ended up watching though. We we had the uh, we had watched uh, what Candy Corn and the Barn and the Barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved both of them. James did not. <laughs> uh, jury's still out. Joe, really? That's yeah. that's better than it was last time. Can, candy Corn, I was surprised by because based on the trailer, I thought it was going to be absolute garbage, mm-hmm. and it was it was uh, it was north of garbage. Not, it abs- was, not absolute garbage. It still had some of the it still had some of the fumes. Was of, it recycling the bin next to the garbage? Yeah, yeah. Like you still had some of that <laughs> funk from the garbage, like eking over into the into the bin, but it wasn't complete garbage. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, the barn, on the other hand, I was. I don't know. I loved it. I I wish we could have talked about it because we're gonna save this maybe yeah, for yeah, next yeah, year. We'll, or yeah, we'll like do that. it but next like, year. Uh, but I loved the barn. I thought it was exactly what it was supposed to be, okay. and I didn't take itself seriously. And I thought that like even. Even when I'm watching it and I go, this movie's absolutely terrible. I'm thinking, I go, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, a take on a really bad, super low budget '80s horror movie, yeah. which there were plenty of. I don't know. I just feel like there's been other movies that had that same idea that did it so much better. I also might be giving it way too much credit. That's quite That's, possible. It's very- <laughs> no, you know what? I, I remember. I remember hearing rumblings about it when it first came out, and people seemed to like it. So I like the characters. I'm, I might be the outlier on this one. I like one. the characters. They had cool masks and. Yeah, yeah, the were, masks you know, were really cool. Yeah, yeah, I will give it that. But, but that's. Uh, but we'll leave it at that because we're gonna talk about these next year. Yeah, ha- um, Halloween yeah. was Halloween was cool. We went over to fucking Brian's house. Fucking Brian. And uh, dressed up in our costumes. Oh yes, what'd you go as? Uh, I was Jim <clears> Hopper. You're so white bread. From Stranger Things. <laughs> hey, I thought my... Hey, I, I committed. You did. I you grew did. out my mustache for two solid months, and then I dyed it very dark. I also committed. Yeah, your commitment was less... Um, Don't you ever doubt my commitment to Sparkle Motion? Ever. You were fully committed to I it. Was... <laughs> yeah, it was disturbing. So uh, my buddy Pat and I uh, went as the most convincing version of the Bella Twins that you'll ever see in your entire life. <laughs> Um, I now understand why chicks are always so cold in leggings. I get it now. Well, yeah. You would think they're tight. They insulate more. No, no. not at all. No, because they're not nope. even made out of anything. Like I, I felt like I was walking on two icicles all night. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty cold. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, though. We had yeah. a good night. What did you end up doing, Jake? I did not go to Halloween. I did nothing Halloween-themed this year. Was it... Uh, was it um, relaxing to not have to do anything it this was year? we uh 
uh, well, my wife had a, a early morning class like down in Romulus by the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like an hour drive from us. So that was an 8 a.m. class down there the next day and uh, for the for the party day anyway. And uh, and I was working the next day as well. And so I ended up, I went grocery shopping instead of going to the Halloween party. And then I came home and I ate dinner and went to <laughs> did bed. You, did, you buy, did you buy a ton of half off price candy? I, I actually, I actually, <laughs> I was, we, we've been doing the, like the shipped thing that Kroger and Meyer oh, does, yeah, whatever, yeah. where they'll, they'll ship your groceries to you and they upcharge every item, like a few cents or something. So you pay a little bit more and you usually sure. tip like, you know, 10 bucks or what, sort of based off whatever your bill is. And, uh, they, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to save some money. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go use that this time. I'll just go to the store. I was there for a couple hours. Spent, like a simpleton. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, my bill was like 250 bucks. Right. And I had a few Benjamins in my, in my wallet. And so I gave three of them. I had four at the time. And, uh, it's very, it's very rare, but, but I, brought, I brought the cash, you know, planning on paying cash for the groceries. And uh, I'm like, that's great, and all, that's you a, know. That's a that's a baller it was, move. It was by a very the way. old school thing. <laughs> He's like, oh, I only have Benjamins. Can you ex- can you accept these child? Can you can you break Benjamins? They, they didn't think it was even real money at first, but then uh, but then they accepted. And so the next Wait, day, were they pink from like the McDonald's? They were. McDonald's? They were. And so the next day, I'm just go taking all my organizing my wallet because you do that once in a while when it starts getting too thick. And I go, man, there was one less. Benjamin <laughs> in here. I never used the word Benjamin. This is so weird. There, there was one less Benjamin in here than there was left over at the end of my shopping trip last night, and that's the only place I went. So I had two that were stuck together that I gave the cashier at Kroger. Oh, no. So my, bucks? so my order that was supposed to be cheaper than using shipped by me going to the store to buy groceries cost me $100 more. So I called Kroger right away when I noticed, and they go, okay, what's the time on your receipt? See that little number right there? What's that number? And it was like the cashier's number or something. Mm-hmm. They read it back into their thing, and they found out that that cashier's drawer was $110 over at the end oh. of the night. So they actually gave it back they to you? They gave me my $100 back. Nice, Holy man. shit. Good guy, Kroger. Yeah, that was yeah. I did For not expect Kroger. that at all. I'm not sure what but sex the, Kroger is, but, you know. <laughs> but the whole time, I thought I was, like, trying to pull a scam. Like, I thought I was one of those people that are like, yeah, you know, I must have had two stuck together. And I, I felt like I was doing something wrong the whole time, but I was but just what an if you just mistake. called? What if you just called and gave them your actual <clears throat> receipt number and all that, and just on the off chance that their drawer was over? There might be people that do that, you know? Yeah, you should just, just call Kroger every like single day. Because <laughs> I, I worked in a grocery store growing up in my teens, my mm-hmm. first job, and every time someone was doing something shady, you're like, the fucking scammer? They're just trying to get money from us or rip us off all the time. And so I was that guy, even though I wasn't trying to rip somebody off. I've got a story about that where, because they, they believed you, they were very cool, and you're talking about $100 here, right? Right. It's a C note, right? Yeah, oh, that is- it's a Benjamin. It's like, that's mad Skrilla. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop now. So I, I, went to, fire money. I went to Arby's like two months ago, right? And I, I got my order. I got home. I was missing a sandwich, and I paid for it. So I was like, well, Arby's is only like five minutes away. I'm going to go... I'm going to go get my sandwich. sandwich in your wallet than uh... <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? No, I'm oh. just picturing you getting a sandwich and putting it in your wallet and putting it in your back pocket. <laughs> there were two sandwiches in here when I started. <laughs> so I so I walk in. I, I decided not to go through the drive-thru. I just I, I wanted to look the person in the eye and tell them, like, because, you know, I just wanted them to know that I was being cool, honest guy. So I walk in. I've got my receipt. I've got... I've got my story, and I say, "Hey, this was this sandwich was missing from the order." And the girl goes, "Let me get my manager real quick." And the manager comes, and she's got like 
she's got a braid. Her hair is braided and it's down like to mid thigh. Careful, careful now. So it's I in my experience, people with hair that long are always crazy. I'm sorry if you have hair that long, but you're probably nuts. It's like sister wife length. So um so she walks up to me and she looks at me like she gives me this a really incredulous look. And she's like, so what were you missing? And I was like, "Is a beef and cheddar. <laughs> she's like, uh, I'm looking at this order, and the way we would have packed this bag is there would have been this and this and this and this bag, and this and this and your sandwich in this bag. And I go, okay, well, it wasn't in there. Well, that just wouldn't happen because we would have packed it that way. And I go, but you didn't. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> She goes, I can't fight about this right now, so I'm going to do this. This one time? I go, no, not this one time. If it happens again, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get another sandwich. This bitch. <laughs> Sorry, but this bitch, she tried to she tried to not give me a sandwich for that. I was like... Don't don't you fuck with James's beef and cheddar. Dude, did, did you forget to wipe the Arby's sauce off the corner of your beard? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there was no... There was... There was no sandwich in there. What's that on your upper lip, sir? It looks like cheese. No, 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 no. That uh, I have a disease. <laughs> it's a cheese disease. <laughs> she she tried to scam me out of my beef and cheddar. Well, and it, it the thing is, it wasn't mine. It was Aaron's. Sure. I was like, my wife got to eat, man. So. Because you ain't gonna give her your sandwich. Yeah, I wasn't gonna give her mine. <laughs> because I had a, because I had I a French eat. dip. She wasn't getting any of that. So uh, yeah, that's French my dip in a long time. That's my Dang. story about the uh, lady at Arby's being a total jerk to me, even though I was in the right. Anyway, what else has been jerk going face. on? What what if she ended up not giving it to you? What would you have done? Uh, you have done there. Oh, I, I would have. You burn that place to the ground. Is that what that's what you do? <laughs> I would have made a stern call to corporate. Like over a sandwich that costs them <laughs> ten cents to put together, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like how would, much does a how much is, how much is your overhead on a beef and cheddar? I would clear my schedule and I would come in every single day from open <laughs> to close and just stand there and stare at her, just like for as long as it took her just to get me to go away, just to throw a sandwich at me. And I would, I think her name was Sue, and I would just every time she made eye, con- eye contact with me, I would go, beef and cheddar, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Beef and cheddar, Sue. And this was over Halloween. You could have dressed up as a beef and cheddar and stood in the, in the Arby's in the front just staring all I already practically look like a beef and cheddar. It doesn't really wouldn't take that, that much. That disease doesn't help. <laughs> the cheese disease. Oh, God. Oh, my all God. Right, sorry. That was yeah. a... That was, that was, uh, Halloween was fun. Yeah, Good Halloween times. was we did cool. our, uh, We did our pumpkins, did our standard over at your house. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't have time to do my cool carvings the way you did this year. It was my first year in, like, seven years that I didn't not, get to do them. So. I'm not going to lie. I was 100% let down. Just well, saying. I apologize. I don't, I don't know, man. I got busy. In other happenings, um, I want to bring this up only because we don't typically talk about stuff like this, but uh, Dr. Sleep came out yeah. uh, in theaters this past week, uh-huh. and it's being hailed as like a masterpiece next to the original Shining. Really? That's how good it's being reviewed, yeah. Yeah? I uh, really want to go see it. Even Stephen King says that this movie undoes all of the wrongs that Kubrick did to the original. That's pretty high praise. Now, granted, well, Stephen King gives I mean, high praise to a lot of yeah, shitty movies too, but he, he, it's it's high it's high praise. But he also hated the Kubrick version. That's so what I'm saying. Like, though, like they they he he basically <clears> said that like all the wrongs that did though this movie was exactly what he wanted from Kubrick and then some. Can you imagine how much like Mike Flanagan's dick is just rock hard after hearing <laughs> Stephen King say that about his movie? <laughs> 
I'm torqued. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, like that, that. I can't imagine if you're if you're a director and you're adapting uh, you're adapting a Stephen King novel. Yeah. Like having the man himself. I mean, he's Stephen King. He's like one of the biggest names in horror to ever exist. Yeah. To have him come and just like, like verbally fillet you like that like it's just it's like the greatest thing you could possibly have you're, as... all, about, you're all about penises tonight i got, got a lot on my mind on James. Got, a lot, got a lot um no but like i, I don't know that's yeah, man. Absolutely no, awesome. that's, that's really cool that's i cool. i was prepared for it to fall flat to be honest with you not that i really? had, not that i didn't think that mike flanagan couldn't make a good movie i just, it's just when you're handling something like the shining that is so outside of king highly praised and, <clears> and considered on mo- a lot of people's lists is the greatest horror movie ever made. Yeah. Th- those are those are monster-sized shoes to fill. Yeah. So I kind of figured that anybody would fall flat. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that he didn't is very intriguing to me. I, I don't want to go see it. I want to actually... I'm gonna, I want to make it to the theater quite a bit in the next few weeks. There's a lot of good movies out right now. Yeah, you got to see Joker still. I need to see Dr. Joker Sleep. still, yeah. Oh, man. You uh, think the for, Lighthouse. I want to go would, see The Lighthouse. I know. Uh, Jansy Pants saw it, said it was great. Yeah. Need to go see it. Um, You would think that being that we do a horror show, we'd go to the movies more and see horror movies. But it's just so but, we're, but we're but we're terrible. It's so expensive. <laughs> and it's expensive, it's true. Uh, except for would would we see at the we saw a matinee of something well, not long ago only and it was like bucks. five bucks. Um, so if we could if I could get more you, babysitters and we could do more matinees. But typically you have to get to the movies before twelve and I like my sleep. So, before twelve. Is it twelve o'clock? No, dude, off? we did a four thirty showing of Oh uh, shit, is it that late? I got uh, no. Ex- what, I have no excuse. Would we go to see it? Was that it? Was the day that we went to see something after Brian's uh, baby gender reveal thing? Well, what did we go see? I don't know. I can't. Apparently, it wasn't that good. Um, it was good though. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. <laughs> what the hell did we go see? I don't know. Eh. I don't know. We'll figure we, it we out. We saw something. Oh, but, it was uh, it chapter oh, two. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it wasn't. Ah. It wasn't good. That's why I don't remember it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Uh. Speaking of. Um. Well. I was gonna say correcting an it somehow. There's there's a joke in there somewhere. No, there's not. I lost it. Let's get into some corrections. All right. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. So it's been a couple. Uh, it's been two weeks since our last show, but we do have some corrections from that show. Um. We mentioned an app called Movies Anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you had oh, mentioned yeah. that it like, took all of your Hulu and Netflix and all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it turns out uh, Netflix and Hulu does not is not included in that. What, what Movies Anywhere does include is Apple TV, Prime, Vudu, Google Play and YouTube, Microsoft Movies, Infinity, Fandango, and Verizon. So if you were to buy movies off any of those services... Mm-hmm. The Movies Anywhere app would then have them all there. Yeah, it uh, um, compiles them for compiles you. Compiles them, yeah. yeah. So that's basically what that is. So it's not your main ones, but it's kind of like your. If you buy something and you redeem it, I think, you know, your Google Play. Uh, like I have some movies on Google Play, I have some movies on YouTube, Voodoo, all this, you know, could all be into one. So it um, actually would make sense actually for me to have, to be honest. Yeah, with yeah, you. for sure. Um, uh, let's see here. And it's only for your purchased movies, it's not for any rentals or. Um, oh, or not not streaming at least, rentals probably. Oh, so it's not, it doesn't act as a as a search tool no. though. No, I don't okay. believe so. All right. And then also <clears> we <throat> said that um, it, we we thought that it was possible that the first found footage was Ghostwatch from 1992. We thought it was possible that was like the first like not not found footage but like found footage esque type movie <clears> where you're kind of living through the the view of the camera. I don't remember saying that. We did, promise you. Uh, but the uh, you. first the first found footage movie was actually from 1989 and it was called the McPherson tape aka 
UFO abduction. Yeah, we. I think we already knew that. No, we didn't mention it last week, oh. so I'm correcting it. Um, so okay. You get over yourself. I will. Uh, that's all I got for corrections, though. All right, cool. Well, uh, before we move on with the rest of the show... Why don't you head over to audibletrial.com slash the buzzkill podcast and pick up a free 30-day membership. And also you get one free credit for any book in their library in, <laughs> in their library of thousands upon thousands of titles. Yeah, I mean, if you're anything like me and words are hard, mm. I mean, why not have somebody read the words to you? Yeah. It's really the perfect thing. Yes. And, uh, and like I said, if you go to the audibletrial.com slash the buzzkill podcast, you get a free book. Free book. And, and if you cancel the membership within that 30 days at any point in time, you get to keep the free book. Yep. And tonight we are talking about uh, a couple of Jewish horror movies. And uh, if you're like us and you're really not up on, on the Jewish culture because you didn't grow up in Jewish culture, mm-hmm. get yourself the Torah. Which, it's on there. <laughs> which we looked up. It's actually on there. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and it's not going to consume near as much of your life as the, the book It Will. Yeah, it's actually 30 <laughs> hours shorter than it's It. <laughs> 30 hours shorter than Stephen King's It. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> what else did you learn about uh, hours of books just now? Uh, oh, um, it, would read, it, it would take you 40 hours to read the Oxford Dictionary. Still shorter than it. Which is five hours <laughs> shorter than it. <laughs> so head on over to audibletrial.com slash the Buzzkill Podcast. Get yourself a free book and uh, support the show. Yes, sir. Thank All you right. very much. So, James, this week, yeah. like, like we just mentioned, yeah. talking about some Jewish horror movies, yeah. Jewish folklore, if you will. Yes. And uh, for that, I, I really had to search far and wide. And I was telling you before, <laughs> before uh, we started the show... The odds of me finding this beer were slim to none because, according to their website, this beer is not sold in Michigan. So the fact that I found this at a store means one of two things. Either their website is just not up to date, or this beer is from a far ago time (laughs) when they did sell it here. (laughs) This beer... And I might add, I did buy it from our favorite embassy liquor oh gosh and we all know how that goes if you've been listening for the past few weeks this beer was actually this exact bottle of beer i'm holding yes was brewed the same year the torah came out yes. <laughs> and you found it at embassy that means actually, that's that's actually this is a pretty holy beer then yeah right well yeah it says the chosen beer is this is this is this the beer that jesus turned water into no that's wine that's... shit all right never mind <laughs> screw that one up all right so this is um this is from Hebrew, H E apostrophe brew, the chosen beer, Lechaim to life, uh, New York and San Francisco from Schmaltz Brewing Company, and it's called Messiah Nut Brown Ale. <laughs> there's a lot. There's, there's, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> in that statement you just said. <laughs> there's uh, you know, there's so much to read on on here. It's an award-winning beer, delicious shtick, Lechaim. Uh, a complex yet smooth blend of bold dark malts revealing hints of chocolate, coffee, and toffee paired with a lovely hop character. It's the beer you've been waiting for. There's also something on the bottle that I'd like to read here, too. Well, please do. Why is this beer different from all other beers? As commanded, we at Hebrew Beer have been fruitful and multiplied our offerings. Tradition teaches that the Messiah's name is Shalom, peace. With, you, with your first sip of this rich, dark, and delicious libation... We hope to offer a momentary taste of microbrewed bliss. If you feel the sudden urge to beat your swords into plowshares, Isaiah 2-4, or to picnic with the lion and the lamb, 
Isaiah 11.6, Rejoice! Now our award-winning brewers can't claim supernatural powers, simply a fanatical commitment to brewing world-class beers. A truly scrumptious mitzvah, good deed. May your cups runneth over with the blessings of great beer and great shtick. To life, l'chaim. Jeremy Cowan, proprietor. I, listen, if this, is, if this has to be good. It's right? interesting as hell, everything about uh, it. Do the opener? Ah, uh, no. Oh, Hold God. On. Run and grab it. I'll bring it back. Fill time. Grunge. Grunge. Do the, the, uh, the Jeopardy theme. Do, do, do. I, I have a sample for that somewhere. <laughs> it's not, not going to be worth it. Oh, he's back. back. Damn it. <laughs> I'm back. Guess who's back? Ooh, oh, 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 Okay, so how is it? <laughs> I've Jay, been, Jay I, had to. Or, I, I'm James trying had to, to quickly neck the bottle because <laughs> I've been cleaning and organizing in here for three days. So if you spill a beer, I'm gonna slice your throat. <laughs> wow, that's why I necked it. <laughs> All right, so I only I only tasted the foam so far. So nothing wrong with mine. I don't know what you did. Ooh, I can smell. Cocoa. Cacao? Cacao! Did you look, did you look this one up, Jared? Oh, mine's smoking. Is this on there? It's just always, uh... You really never know what you're going to get from mm. an embassy. You really don't. I, I kind of like mm. it. It's kind of like a, a Russian <laughs> <So>, roulette. <laughs> spin, the, spin the chamber, <laughs> Boris. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> Alright, let's try this before I, I, I uh, before my well, cup well, runneth well, run well, over. Here, suck mine for me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Alright. Yeah, um, let's go. <laughs> Good. Uh, shalom. Shalom. L'chaim. Mazel tov. Hey, mazel tov. Does that work there? Yeah, it is. Oh. I'm having <laughs> problems over here, guys. This it's a, a weird sound. This is a super heady beer. It really Because even in my mouth, like the sip that I took, like it's like exploding with carbonation in my mouth. <laughs> Shut up. It is. Like... <laughs> Oh, it's boy. good though. I like it. Yeah, I can't, I can't taste it yet because it keeps exploding. Hold on. Was <laughs> it on there, Jeff? Uh, I haven't found it yet. It's kosher, so I mean, it's got to be vegan, it, it right? It doesn't right. necessarily mean it's vegan. Well, you know, there's no pork in it. <laughs> <laughs> we, Does it actually we, say we, it's we, kosher somewhere? Yeah. yeah oh, kosher. Yeah, kosher certified. Uh, like KSA. Kosher certified, rabbi approved. I'll be damned. It's a, fi- a 5.2. Mine's, mine's taken on an interesting shape. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just watched your beer become uncircumcised. I think, <laughs> I think that's what just happened. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, wait, no, you have it, you have it, you have it backwards. Jewish people are circumcised. Yeah, Schmaltz is vegan that's friendly. There we go. Oh, you're that's watching it. You're watching it become uncircumcised. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it's, yours is still going. I don't know what's wrong with it. <laughs> it just it just won't stop. It just won't stop. <laughs> it does got a lot of carbonation that, to it's it. It's that Messiah nut, man. It just, it just keeps going. <laughs> All no, right. None so of us, none of us. <laughs> wow, can you can you find it on? Uh... Uh, yeah, it's good. I already, yeah, I already I, tried I, it. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. It's uh. It's good. I like it. I just can't. Every time I take a drink, it starts to overflow. Are we good? I think I we're think good. I'm take a drink. Right, it shoots in the uh, back of my throat. It like, does though. That's like, what I'm talking about. It's like the, the carbonation like, the like expands. It's like when it hits your uh, hits your mouth. Yeah. It's it's, weird. Uh, what do you think of the flavor though? I like it. I think it's really good. Are you picking up on all the stuff that <laughs> that it says? What, what did it say? It said uh, coffee, chocolate. Uh, and definitely the coffee and coffee, the chocolate. chocolate yep. and I think the toffee is what I'm taste, tasting the, the most. Toffee. 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 <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
I didn't mean to do that. Mike, Excuse me. Come on. <laughs> what? Don't look at me. <laughs> James. Don't look at me. All right. Um, so uh, now that we... <laughs> We're we're going from one extreme to the other. We're going from the Messiah yeah. to the devil. That's pretty much what we're doing right oh, now. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> how, okay. how many more weeks of this shit we got? How many more movies do you have like to watch? Five, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to probably end up taking him out before the end of this. I'm just putting that out there. Take, taking him out in what Take, sense? Uh, not to dinner. Oh. Should I warn him? No. Okay. No. It's shady. He's, All right. He's, he's a crafty. He's a crafty <laughs> fellow. Let's see. Let's see what he did. It's just rising. It's just rising. It's uh. It's yeah. It, I don't have a. I don't have a good joke for it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to call up Jimmy Tony and see what he thinks about the MCU this All week. All right. It's Jimmy Tony's marvelous All right, we're in the home stretch of this. A couple left. Jimmy it, Tony, you there? You say that like it's a good thing, man. <laughs> it's Jimmy Tony in here. It's Jimmy Tony in hot. What's up, Jimmy Tony? Yeah, boy, what's going on, man? There is nothing hot about Jimmy Tony. No offense, Jimmy Tony, but there is. Yeah, I think you'll admit that too. There's nothing hot about you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, none talking, man. The, the only hot thing on me is, uh, you know. My, my poops after stra- <laughs> after the strawberry double surprise. <laughs> wow. Okay, that that just de-escalated real quick, or or escalated. I don't even I don't even know. You got me all on the, on the fritz. Jimmy Tony, what? what's going on? Did I, did I push a button there? You, you pushed out something. What's going on, Jimmy Tony? Not too much, boys. How y'all been? Um, I've been uh, I've been well. It's been uh, two weeks since we spoke to you, so um, my my high is coming down. But you know what? I will manage. I know that because I'm Southern, I say y'all, and you you typically think I mean how have you all been, but I wasn't asking about you, man. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Jay! Yep. All right. What's going hey, on, brother? my brother from another mud. What's, What's up? up, my man? How you been? How Doing you been? good, man. Sipping this Messiah. Sip, drinking some nut brown ale. <laughs> nut brown ale? <laughs> I've, uh, is it the same recipe I use? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I hope not. Whatever, but... whatever nut, whatever brown you're mixing, I do not want to know about it. <laughs> oh, you, you want to? I'll, I'll bring you some next time. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, just doing well, man. Good, man. good to hear from you. That's good to hear. I love you, brother. Love you too. Well, how, how did uh, Halloween go for y'all? Uh, Halloween was was fantastic. Uh, your cousin and I uh, did our did our yearly our yearly hubbub, you know. Yeah, man, I saw some photos from the night. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, I saw your costume, Mike. What the, were, hell, what were, the hell is wrong with you? Were boy? you impressed? No, man. You look awful. You're so damn ugly, you make a freight train take a dirt road, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez Louise. Oh, who, was who, it, who the hell were you supposed to be, anyway? Was it, was it the hair, or was it my beautiful legs? No, man, it was them pants those pants were so tight i could see your religion man yeah yep and 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 that's good because we're talking about religion this week so oh man what were you supposed to be uh you ever watched the uh the good old wrestling on tv no man what am i five i i mean men- mentally is that are you um yeah we were no, we were that's a good we, point, we, <laughs> we no, were the no 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 just uh just uh mud wrestling for me you know what i mean yeah that's fair uh you ever heard of the bella twins Twins, yeah, it rings a bell. Yep, yep. Yeah. That was that was the one. <laughs> your uh, your little friend was cute though. I, I liked her. She was uh, the other wrestling the, baby. The, uh, the, the one with the tattoos. Yeah, she yeah. was cute. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it turned out real good for him too. For him. Yes. Uh, 
say what? <laughs> Are you, uh, you know what? Let's just move on here, Jimmy Tony. Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. Backtrack. That was a him? That was, that was a him. I'll be. That was, He's that, a, that was one beautiful man. I, I, I got cute friends. What can I say? Ah, uh, man. Good Lord. He, uh, he pulled it off. Them little shorty shorts were fantastic. <laughs> All I'm saying is if you put me in a room with him in that outfit and I had one too many glasses of hooch, I'm trying some new things, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, way too much that I didn't need to know about. What, uh, what is his name? Um, I'm not telling you his name. All right. I'm not doing it. I'll find it out. I got, I got the Facebook. All right. All right. All right, boys. Well, uh, let's get into the MCU a little bit. All right. What'd you, what'd you watch this week? Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I like this movie. This was a good one. Yeah, man. It was good. Oh. Let's, uh, let's get it going, boys. All right. You're on the clock. All, all right. right. We got your, uh, your one uno momento on the clock. Are you ready, Jimmy Tony? I'm ready. All right. Hit it. All Go. right. This one is, uh, it's all over the place kind of, boys. It's, uh, it's like watching two separate movies, and that's in the best possible way. On the one hand, you got Thor and Loki who find themselves kind of marooned on a planet called Sakaar. After their sister Hela shows up and kicks their ass through some kind of portal or something, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not into science, so I don't know exactly what it was. <laughs> Thor is taken prisoner and made to fight gladiator style, while Loki somehow escapes imprisonment and makes friends with the Grandmaster, played by uh, what's that boy's name from Jurassic Park? Oh, it's uh, it David from uh, Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, him, whoever he is. Jeff Goldblum, my Jeff friend. Jeff Goldblum, damn, what a what a stud he is. Yep. Well, guess who also shows up on Sakaar there, boys? The Green Man. Damn Bruce Banner, who's been stuck in Hulk mode on this planet for two years, fighting like a gladiator. When he finally comes to, he's so damn confused, he doesn't know whether to check his ass or scratch his watch, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, anyway, they, the three of them... Oh, there they are. That's them hounds, man. Get off my lawn. Bitch. Well, let me wrap it up here. All right. Those three make it back to Asgard with the help of their new friend, Valkyrie, who's also a beauty, just in time to see the whole damn place burning down. Hela has started Ragnarok, which is uh, it's kind of the end of Asgard, boys, and it's a, it's a sad sight. Yeah, but can you say that she was hella cute? Well, I'll get into that. I'll get into that <laughs> when I get into the scores. I'm not going to give out away too much at the end. There's a there's a big ass fight and uh, a lot of a lot of stuff that happens at the end. You just watch it. Yep, just watch right. it, and you uh, you make up your own mind. Anyway, let's get into some scores here. All right, what do you got? Speaking of Hella, beautiful Hella. That girl <laughs> is meaner than a wet panther, but God of thunder, is she ever fine? I'm just saying, uh, if my sister looked that good. I'd probably be swinging my hammer all over the place, too, man. <laughs> my oh, my guess is, Mike, when you first saw this, you saw this emo-looking chick who looked like she was headed to a damn Taking Back My Chemical Dashboard show. You purred near shat yourself. Am I right? Um, I don't know what that means. I'm just going to say yes. Context clues, man. Use context clues. <laughs> anyway, she's also a badass and about as deadly as they come. They call her the god god of what do they call her the goddess of death that's it which coincidentally is also what they call my mother-in-law <laughs> she gets a 10 for me boys all right all, all right. right don't think that i have forgotten about heimdall i don't talk about him that much when i talk about these movies but i think he might easily be my favorite character in all the thor movies who heimdall 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 man uh, who's that the keeper of the gate. What's wrong with you? Oh, oh, you're right. Sorry. Oh boy, have you seen these movies? You should. You should have just said Idris Elba because that's that's how I know him. Well, man, 
if it weren't for him, every single inhabitant of Asgard would have died. That's you true. Realize That's that? true. I do realize. Now, I want to give you boys a little bit of trivia. Did you know in Norse mythology, Heimdall is actually referred to as the whitest god? <laughs> Idris Elba done shattered that mold, boys. <laughs> Take that, you stupid crackers. <laughs> he gets a 10 from me for that, boys. Yep. Dr. Stephen Strange... He makes only a brief appearance, but displays the most important power in the entire MCU, as far as I'm concerned. The ability to manifest beer out of thin air. <laughs> it's true. For, I'll, I'll, I'll raise a glass to that. That's very right, true. Thanks, man. Put it back down. I hate you. He gets a 1,876, which, oh. which stands for 1876, which is the year that the world was introduced to the sweet ambrosia. Nectar of the gods. That's Bud, it? Budweiser. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's it, my friend. That's it. And that's all for the scores. I'm going to give this one, overall, I'd say an 8.5. I really like this one. All right. Well, Jimmy Tony, I um, I can't thank you enough for gracing us with your presence once again. I feel like you're being sarcastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely not, I'm not, being sarcastic. All right. Thanks for clearing that up. I'm yep. not really good at picking up on sarcasm, boys. <laughs> Context clues, Jimmy. Ah! Shit, you got me. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here, boys. All right, Jimmy Tony, Later. we will talk to you next week. Later. Well then. No, he is such a he's, person. He's such a delight. He's, he's such. <laughs> he, you know what? He's really a person. You, you nailed that one, Jay. You nailed it. <laughs> I uh, next week, I'm pretty sure. Next up in the MCU, they're watching Black Panther. Very excited to hear what he has to say about that one. Now, when I saw Black Panther, I thought the uh, this was right after the. Um, uh, there was a theater shooting, uh -huh. and I'm watching Black Panther, and all of a sudden the screen goes blah, screen goes black, lights go up, whole theater gets gets uh, uh, evacuated, and it was like right on the heels of it. Wow! It was pretty scary. I'm not gonna lie, because you don't know what's going on. You're like, oh crap! Like. You don't want to think how, about how it. How far like, into the movie were you? It was right before the end of the first big battle, <laughs> and I didn't get to see the end of the battle. I think I was more mad about that than I was. Did you go back to the theater to see <laughs> it? I went back the very next day to finish ah, it. That it was, was back when I had movie pass. Yeah. So I got Is, to Does do that, that even exist anymore? Um, They're in like a weird phase right Some now. Some weird limbo. Yeah. Right on. But uh, anyway. Well, uh, anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. And that, that was Jimmy Tony. That certainly was Jimmy Tony. Let's get into the bleed feed. Uh, we're going to get to this bleed feed rather quickly because I really want to talk about our movies tonight. Um, this is exciting. Creep Show, right? Creep yeah. Show, probably one of the best things to happen to streaming television in the last couple years because yeah. it's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Shudder has renewed Creep Show for a second season. Nice. Fantastic. Mm. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nick Cage, our our absolute favorite crazy man on the face of the earth. Who? Um, what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Nick Cage is, is set to star... In Wally Wonderland. Wally Wonderland. Wally Wonderland, where Cage will play a janitor forced to spend the night in a twisted amusement park where he is pulled into a living nightmare. As the threatening animatronic characters come to life, the janitor has to find his way, fight his way from one monster to another and survive until morning to get. It's Nick Cage versus animatronic monsters. It's perfection. Seriously, what? <laughs> I don't know. Who found a genie? Who? And, and what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who found a genie, 
and wished that Nick Cage has a career resurgence and nothing but the greatest movies ever made. But I, I, I want to shake this man's hand or woman, whoever it was, Aladdin. I want to shake Aladdin's hand because wish well, well used. Mm. Um, let's see here. This is a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, Tremor 7 is coming out. Tremor 7, Island Fury. Jamie Kennedy will not be in it. What? I know, right? Mm. I actually like Jimmy Kennedy a lot in the Tremors movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will not be in it. Um, he took to Twitter to announce it uh, in the last week or so, uh, saying that hopefully he he will return one day. It just sounds like the script just didn't have the place for him. Bogus. Michael Gross would be in it, though, right? Of course. Duh. Duh. Um, let's see here. If they ever make a Tremors movie without him, I'm not interested. Well, they did one. They did. Wasn't Tremors 2? Didn't Tremors 2 not have uh, Burt? No. no, I'm pretty sure he was in all of them, wasn't mm, he? I think Tremors 2 didn't have Burt. What? I think. That could be a correction. Was that the one where they were... That could be a correction. Down... Because three had ass blasters, and I know that was Bert. Which one were they in Were they in Mexico for? Was that two? I think yes. Bert showed up right toward the end. Are you sure? All right. That could be a... I think I'm going to so. say no. You're going to say yes. This is a correction for next week. Um, let's see here. Uh, speaking of, like, uh, we were talking about Creepshow before. Uh, Shudder. Uh, we just got over the... Um, the Joe Bob's Halloween Hootenanny uh-huh. over on Shutter, which was fantastic. And they showed Halloween, Halloween 4, and Halloween 5. <laughs> I finally watched Halloween 5. I had never seen it. Oh, oh really? I've been trying for years to watch it, and I kept falling asleep because that movie sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. It's not a good Halloween movie. Does uh, What does Joe Bob think of it? Oh, he thinks it sucks. <laughs> um, he criticized it the entire way through, which is probably one of the reasons why I actually stayed awake to watch it, because mm-hmm. it was fantastic, with him uh, giving his commentary in between uh, scenes and stuff. Of course. So if you like Joe Bob, though, Joe Bob is going to be back Friday the 13th <gasps> of December. For Joe Bob's Red Christmas. Jason in the Snow. <laughs> if if Joe Bob had a randomly new Jason movie, it, my in the Merry snow. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Cancel Christmas because nothing can beat it. Um, let's see here. I've never wanted to go to uh, Japan more than I want to go now. Not, not that I don't want to go to Japan, because I always want to go to Japan. But I've, I've never wanted to go to Japan. I want to go to... Next story. <laughs> I want to go to the... Uh, I'm going to say this word completely wrong. The Nijijin Nomori Theme Park, which is on the uh, Awaji Island. Or Awaji. Is it hard R's in, in Japanese? Hard R's? Or, or hard uh, J's, rather. Oh, I have no idea. And, like, so I'm going I'm to go with Awaji. Yeah, that sounds yeah, more Hawaiian, yeah, maybe, than it does Japanese. I don't know. But um, they have an attraction at this theme park called the Godzilla Interception Operation Ajawi, hmm. or Awaji, however you want to say it. Um, and this is the reason that I want to go. Um, this is this attraction will have a full-scale version of Godzilla. What? <laughs> My point exactly. Full-scale of Godzilla coming up out of the ground. Really? And the way this is going to work is... Uh, uh, visitors playing the role of researchers will be able to use pulleys to enter Godzilla's partly buried body via the mouth and tackle various missions, including trying to destroy its cells in shooting games. Wait, you go into his mouth? Yes. <laughs> We're going to Japan, James. Whoa, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. That sounds rad. Is it like so? It's, James it's, like so couldn't even get these guys to go to Hawaii. They ain't going to Japan. <laughs> So it's like it's it's half of his body coming up out of the ground. Basically, yeah. So it's kind of like you remember that old Universal uh, King Kong ride. Well, I didn't ever see it in person, but I know of it. You've, yes. Yeah, you've yeah. seen you've seen it though yeah. before, right? Where it's like King King Kong, and it's only the lower and the upper half yeah. of his body. Yeah, it's kind of like that. 
Yeah, basically, it's like no. it's like his, uh, it's like a well, Godzilla is so Except big. Except for Godzilla's, it's, it's like gigantic. Yeah, it's, it's it's humongous. That's rad. It's fantastic. And you go in through his mouth, and then also, you shoot his cells, and then you exit through his. Okay, um, <laughs> so this is awesome. Hulu is turning Clive Barker's Books of Blood into a feature film. Oh, cool! Really awesome. We all love Clive Barker here, mm-hmm. um, and it's being made by the duo behind the Orville, which I love the Orville. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. Which isn't is that a, it's a spoof show, isn't sort it? Sort of. A, it started, I think the concept started as a spoof of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it still is, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. But it's a really good show. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's funny. It's I think it's written well. Okay, maybe maybe one of my favorites isn't quite the greatest description. <laughs> but like it, it's no, it's no uh, Breaking Bad. Okay. Not, I'm not going to say that. But it's a really good show. It's I fun. I, uh, I enjoy I, it. I don't understand the just, reference. Just <laughs> shut up. Uh, but it's behind uh, Seth MacFarlane and uh, Brandon Braga are the two guys behind it. So cool. uh, very much looking forward to that. Let's see here. Moving on. Um, I brought up Independence Day earlier when I said that we were uh, shooting inside the spaceship here. Mm-hmm. We got some Independence Day news. Okay. Not that there's any new movies coming out, but uh, Roland Emmerich, the director of both Independence Day movies, yes. uh, just recently did an interview where he, st- where he talks about how he never should have made Independence Day Resurrection. Or, Resurrection? Yeah. Resurgence. Resurgence, yeah. that's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, you shut up. You should Resurgence. have this in I your do. notes. <laughs> I do, it's right there. Uh, I can't read, okay? Yeah. Um, we have... Suicide Squad to blame for Will Smith not being in the second Independence Day movie. Really? Yeah. That piece of crap movie is what Will Smith quit one of the greatest franchises ever made for. Right? So Roland Emmerich has taken, uh, in the interview, he goes that he has uh, regrets about making the movie without Will and that he never should have actually made it. If if Will was available, though, he would have... It was a completely different story, apparently. Yeah, okay. He quit midway through production wow what a jerk yeah so then they had to rewrite it and this and that the whole deal uh to that i say bite your tongue roland emmerich because independence day resurgence is a friggin masterpiece okay (laughs) you are so you're you're so you're so hated by so many people for having that i love that that opinion it's not a great movie i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say that it's the greatest movie ever it is one of the most fun sci-fi romps ever so maybe masterpiece isn't I, the right word. To this guy. Very low bar here, okay? <laughs> I love it, though. Like, you saw it. It's batshit crazy. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember much about it, so I guess maybe a, that tells listen, you. spoilers, but there's a giant glowing orb at the end of the movie that apparently is an alien, and it wants to take Jeff Goldblum to another universe and fight other monsters. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I remember that now. That movie gl- was... It is, it is cinematic gold. <laughs> You're really overselling this. I am. I do love it though. Um, <laughs> I just think it's fun. I, I think it's. It was it's a. Fu- so, it was a. It was a fun it movie. It's such a it ridiculous was... sequel <clears throat> to like a serious sci-fi movie. I just. I. It's. There's it's, no words. It's, it's like. It's amazing. It's, it's like Boondock Saints two. I love to it. To Boondock Saints, yeah, you love it's it. It's so different, and everybody hates you because it's you love because it. Because <laughs> it's so different and it's so unexpected. It's just like, what am I watching right oh, now? Oh <laughs> Lord, have mercy. All right, James. Um, Blues. <laughs> yes. Blues. All right. Early details for Scream Factory's Blu-ray release of Pet Cemetery 2 have emerged. I can't believe they're making this. The 1992 sequel directed by Mary Lambert will hit shelves on February 25th, 2020. 
This collector's edition release will feature a slipcover with new art by Laz Marquez, which will be guaranteed for the first three months. Why can you not believe that they're making this? Oh, because this movie was never all that popular, quite frankly. Most people don't even know there was a sequel to Pet Cemetery. Well, I wouldn't say most people, but that's... I would. Think most, of, most of your standard moviegoers? Think of think of some of the movies that, that these companies, especially Scream Factory, put out, and you think that Pet Cemetery 2 is a weird one for I them to it. do? I actually didn't know that Mary Lambert directed it either. Huh. She directed the first one. Mm. I had no idea that she directed the second one. Well, now you do. Now I do. All right. Also from Scream Factory is the director's <laughs> cut of Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built, which will be available on DVD and Blu-ray on September. On September. 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 September should be what leads up to, what, what do they call it? No, what is it? No Fap November? Is so you do. So you do Faptember, like where you just go crazy. <laughs> And then no fat November. <laughs> it's it's a thing. These are things, Mike. Um, okay. I haven't seen the house that Jack built. Neither have I. But it looked cool. I'm not a big fan of Lars, Lars Von Trier. Yeah, so. Lars Von Trier mm. is hit or miss for me. He did that uh, Kurt Cobain movie. Um, last days. The last days, which was no, that just... was no, that was Gus Van Sant. Oh, was it Gus Van Sant? Well, you regardless, that movie's fucking terrible. Mm, I, it's awful. I didn't hate Oof, it. I hated it. Mm. All right. Anyway. For the first time ever on Blu-ray, courtesy of Arrow Video, on January 28th, you will be able to pick up 1988's Edge of the Axe. Have you ever seen this one? No. I actually I saw this uh, the same news report that you did, and it looks very interesting to me. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. This slasher from Spanish filmmaker Jose Ramon Larraz is about a rural community being terrorized by a trench coat-wearing, axe-wielding, masked psycho. Nice. I mean, how can you go wrong with that, right? I agree. April Fool's Day, 1986, is hitting Collector's Edition Blu-ray from Scream Factory. There's uh, no details yet, but it looks like it's going to be sometime in the spring of 2020, perhaps sometime around April. I'm into that. Perhaps sometime around April 1st. Uh Oh, it is April Fool's Day. Just kidding. It's not actually coming out. (laughs) Just kidding. We're actually, (laughs) we're not putting this one up. All right, 2019's It Chapter 2 captivated audiences with its unapologetic look at the seedy underbelly of American office life and the mistreatment of information technology experts in particular. Wait, uh, those are my notes on IT Chapter (laughs) 2. Get it together, James. <laughs> Andy Machete's It Chapter 2 <laughs> will be on digital on November 19th and 4K Ultra HD DVD and Blu-ray on December 10th with plenty of special features, although no deleted scenes to speak of, which may suggest that the potential two-film supercut is still to come. Yes? Yes. You you still have to pay attention to me when I'm reading these things because no, I, I need I need your feedback. No, I, I, no, I pay I attention don't. to you when you're talking about no, fucking I'm, Independence Day resurgence, you prick. I'm actually looking up something that I don't think you have. On I your, don't uh, care. Okay, sorry. Listen to you me. You have my undivided attention. I don't. I just went through two blues, and you you just weren't even listening to All me. All these people listening now are going to understand that that we actually hate each other in real life. Lovers we, quarrel. We are, we, <laughs> no, that what it is? I hate you so much. <laughs> I love you. <sighs> the sequel to The Gallows from two, 2015, <laughs> 2015, The Gallows Act 2, was released on VOD this past weekend and will arrive on Blu-ray, combo pack, and DVD December 24th. Did you see The Gallows? No, I, I, I think heard I got, of it. I, it was found footage, wasn't it? I don't know. 
I don't All remember. I know is that I've been let down by things called the Gallows. There was a band called the Gallows that I really wanted to get into, and then I heard them. And they're terrible, and so this movie. It looks like it could be good, but it's probably gonna not be. I'm just saying that. Oh, oh, see, see, you, see you can't see this. He's, he's, he's. James, James I'm, ignore, is I'm ignoring you, ignoring me, looking in the other direction. I see, okay, I see. Yeah, you see how it feels now? Oh, I see how it Jerk. Is. Um, I'm getting the, I'm, I'm getting the gallows and another. Stop it! Stop it! Pay attention to me. Look at me when I'm speaking to you. I'm getting the gallows. There's another. What's there's another movie that I know that you have seen that I'm getting it mixed up with where, uh, like, every time there's a pool of water, a guy comes up and... Is it called The Drownsman? Oh, Drownsman, yeah. Drownsman, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm getting those It's like those Freddy Krueger that lives in puddles. <laughs> Weird. It's great. <laughs> in, any puddle? Like... Is it is like, it water does it, based? <laughs> does it matter what kind of fluid it is? Is it water based? Because that's it. <laughs> Ooh. Uh... <laughs> And last but not least, Joe Bagos' vampire flick, Bliss, will be hitting DVD and Blu-ray on November 12th, courtesy of Dark Sky Films. Bliss is a trippy bloodbath that follows painter Desi Donahue as she works her way through a rut in her creative process with drugs, alcohol, and a mysterious new lust for blood. Oh, hey. This one, it, it got some uh, got some good reviews. It just looks like it's really trippy and hypnotic and... It's I mean, pretty dope. Yeah, I agree with you. So, um, so I don't. I think you might have announced this blue already before. However, there was news on it. Um, Scream Factory's new version of My Bloody Valentine that uh, is coming out oh, pretty soon. Here, I didn't even see this. Um, so this was about seven hours ago. This uh, this broke, but it's going to include a new transfer of the unrated cut, which we've never actually had before. Oh There's been a version of it with the uh, the deleted scenes put back in, but it's never been like a fully new transfer. Mm -hmm. So that's actually really exciting. Um, they're they're doing the full on treatment of it, where you get like two posters, uh, slip cover, and a whole bunch of stuff that people probably don't need. But it's Scream Factory, so people are going to pay like 60 bucks for it and be happy. This is why I do the blues. You suck at it. It's true. Okay, so <laughs> last, the last bit here of uh, news is actually pretty exciting for me. Um, if there's one good thing that came out of uh, Harvey Weinstein being a complete bag of dicks, mm -hmm. it's that all of the assets that Dimension and the Weinstein Company and everything else had, mm -hmm. when they went bankrupt, they had to liquidate everything and everything got sold. Oh, okay. So what, I didn't know where you're you, you I don't know. It's just like, like it's, 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 a, um, it's a weird thing one to of bring the companies, up at all. One of the companies that landed a couple of uh, franchises such as um, Hellraiser, couldn't, couldn't <laughs> think of that, uh, Hellraiser and Scream, for example, yeah. is this company called uh, Lantern Entertainment. Now, the former Hellraiser, it's already been announced that Lantern is developing a new Hellraiser movie. Cool. They now also announced they're also developing a new Scream movie, which is very... No, no, see, I'm totally into it. You just gave me a look. Yeah. I know that Wes Craven's gone. Okay. I understand that his yeah. fingerprints have been over it, have been all over it this entire time. I get it. Um, but I feel like the character of Ghostface can live on. Yeah. You know, he's, he's slasher. He's a Ghostface killer. He's the Ghostface killer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just, there's so much you could do with that character. As long as the, the writer's director had, the writer director had this, the right, you know, tone with it. I think it could be really fun and you yeah. can still, and, and, and Ghostface can live on. And I think, you know what? Fuck it. It's, he should live on because Wes Craven's legacy should live on. So I'm actually, I'm very very okay with this. You have me convinced. Right there, you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna 
Bok at any new no, ghost face movie. Bok! <laughs> no. At any new any yeah. new screen movies. Kevin yeah, Williamson, like, the original writer that was has been involved in the series for a long time, yeah. apparently is not writing the new one. So mm. there is that. Okay, so this is getting worse and worse. It's getting, it's getting worse, <laughs> but that's it, though. We're only one step down. We'll see. There are plenty of uh, fantastic people that can write this movie. As long as that Nick Cave song is still in it, I'm, I'm good. As long as Nick Cage is is in it <clears throat> Nick Cave which, <laughs> Nick Lachey which I gotta bring that up because I feel like Ghostface uh, Killer Nick Lachey you know it <laughs> I feel I feel like if Chris Jordan is listening to this in particular that if I mentioned that on Halloween you and I watched the original Scream and I started commenting on the song Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and you said that you didn't know what it was no idea I want Chris Jordan give him a call right now and chew his ass out. Well, not right now because he's not going to hear this until a couple days. But anyway, uh, so that's your news. Cool. Thank you. All right. Nice shot, Michael. You're, you're and welcome. James. Thank you. So that's going to bring us to our stupid fact of the day. And we got some little Jewish news to go along with our theme today here. Just a so, little Jewish news. Just a little bit. So did you know that the famous dreidel or four-sided spinning top was invented as a distraction? Ah. Uh, Ah, uh, from 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 the Greek Syrians. They had outlawed Jewish studies, so the Jews spun dreidels to pretend they were merely playing games while they engaged with their scripture. Okay. Really, there you have it. Those Interesting, sneaky bastards. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll be damned. I'll be damned as well. So there you go. There's your stupid fact of the day, and boom, that was the news. There it is. Thank you, Jay. I was waiting for it. Yes. So good. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna take a uh, a, a minuscule break here, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about a couple of a uh, couple, just... couple of Hebrews while drinking some brews. <laughs> All right. L'chaim. <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, James. Yes. We watched a couple movies this week. Yes, what we did. did. Uh, what did you think? Uh, well, first of all, I I realized that uh, before we got into the bleed feed, we never told these fine people what we were talking about this week. Yeah. So we're talking about the we're talking <laughs> about the possession. Yes, from and, 2012. And uh, and the golem. The golem. The golem from 2016. I think it was. Was it? I think it was 2016. I could be wrong. On I that. think it was 2018. 2018. You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. let's uh, let's talk about the possession first. Yeah. Did you like them though overall? Uh, overall. Before, before before we start. Yes, I did. Both of them. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of episodes because we have a difference of opinion. Okay. Um, I liked the possession a lot. We watched this one together, mm-hmm. and so I have I have nothing but good things to say about that. The Gollum, on the other hand, uh-huh. there are parts of it that I liked, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of big, big problems with the Gollum. Okay, sounds like you didn't. So this is the kind of banter I like. Well, I mean, there might be stuff that's exposed as I, as we're talking about it. I don't know. I don't. I I never fully I, I never fully process these movies. Until we talk about them a little bit, and we didn't talk about either one of them really. So I don't actually watch them until after we talk about them. That's typically what I do too. <laughs> so so I, I'm basically just going off of whatever IMDb gives me right oh, now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so 2012's The Possession. This is directed by Ol Olborn and Bornadol. 
Ole Bornadol or Ollie. Ollie Bornadol. Ole Bornadol. Ole, 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 Ole. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however you say his name, Oli, Ole, or Ali, um, this is about a, a young girl buys an antique box at a yard sale, unaware that inside the collectible lives a malicious spirit, ancient spirit. Uh, the girl's father teams with his ex-wife to find a way to end the curse upon their child. I've got some problems with that synopsis. Oh, oh uh, Well, the young girl didn't buy it. Her father did. That's true. She doesn't have any money of her own. She's like... 12. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> and also, he doesn't really team up with his ex-wife until the very end. It's very true. She hates him. She does hate him. Um, so this movie, though, uh, typically speaking, it's pretty standard fare as far as budgeted, bigger budgeted horror movies go. Sure. And especially standard fare for the producers of this movie who were Sam Raimi and Rob Tabor, mm -hmm. uh, who both run and own uh, Ghost House Pictures. So... This movie, right off the bat, when we were watching this, um, I think one of the first things I told you, I, go, I said, this movie just feels through and through like a Sam Raimi horror movie. Mm. It This movie almost beat for beat was Drag Me to Hell. Not in terms of story or anything like that, but like it, like, it moves at the exact same pace. It feels exactly the same. It looks exactly the same in terms of the effects and all that kind of stuff like yeah it very much could be like a sister movie to drag me to hell yeah even though it uh even though it didn't have even though it wasn't directed by Raimi, it definitely had his his fingerprints were all over yeah it. yeah you for could, sure you could tell and, and you know that's a good thing yeah because when you have a producer that comes in that you know that's that's why you hook up with certain people. Mm -hmm. It's not just for the sex. It's you also get good producing <laughs> out of it. Um, sometimes, um, but yeah. So this also had a good cast, uh, letting uh, being led by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is he's like a national treasure at this point, <laughs> right? Like he's in everything. Uh, he seems to just pop up in like everything. Actually, I think most people probably hate him because of uh, Negan. Well, from The Walking Dead. I didn't watch The Walking Dead, so I have no reason to hate him. Uh, I I watched some He's of the Papa Winchester on Supernatural. Okay. I watched some of the really infamous scenes of Negan, that people were you know like, uh, like going crazy over, and I was like, like yeah, with the baseball bat at the very yeah. beginning there. I was like, I was like, I'm yeah. sure you deserved it's it. Like, yeah, maybe maybe he killed off some of your favorite characters, but this dude's a badass. <laughs> it's got the baseball bat named Lucille or something. Right. And it's just. He's cool. Um, so uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character of Clyde, his uh, ex-wife's name is Stephanie, played by Kira Sedgwick. 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 You are just awful. Just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and their two daughters, M and Hannah, played by Natasha Callis and Madison Davenport. Davenport. Oh, shut up. I'm, that's a, I mean, come on. Have you ever seen that name pronounced Davenport? I like Davenport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get off my ass. Uh, you also have uh, Brett, played by Grant's, uh, Grant Show, who is just the worst. The, he's he's that's, not not the actor. The character is just the worst. I, I don't know, though. Like I, it's, I felt kind of bad for because he really just kind of wanted to be a good guy. His name should have been like like Chad. He he was a very yeah, Chad like character. He was, a, he was character. a Chad, total <laughs> Chad. Like, just a douchebag. Such a like, Chad. Like he's just he's just cocky ass the dentist that starts hooking up with this dude's wife, and raising their kids. And this dude's just like get the fuck away from my kids. And I don't, he's, know. I don't know. He's he's that guy. But for all intents and purposes, he was a pretty de he was a decent guy. Like he wasn't an asshole or anything like that. Uh, he was an asshole to uh, M. In the in the garage scene when she was like obviously like not well 
And she was like, I don't like you. And he's like, well, you're just going to have to deal with it, aren't you? Well, I mean, it was that's... kind of a dick move. But she was being kind of a dick by saying, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> I guess. Which, by the way, if I if I turned around in a... First of all, um, like, little girls in horror can be so scary sometimes. And this... Nata- oh, he wasn't even phased by it. Natasha Kalis played the hell out of this role, I thought. She was uh, super super spooky um i agree 100 and very like see that's what i guess one of my problems with this movie was i thought that everything that they did was very effective right until the very end where it felt a little hokey to me like once they got to the actual exorcism yeah, I, part of I it it got kind of hokey i don't 100 disagree with you yeah i think that has a lot to do though with uh the last character uh played by the one and only modest yahoo modest yahoo hey i said his name right yes you did would you why would you not you don't remember when I tried to say his name when we were watching the movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're <laughs> like, like Matsuyatsu. <laughs> I was like, there's you just added like six Net, letters that aren't Net, actually in there. Yahoo, you know? <laughs> See, I've heard I've heard that also pronounced Matisiyahu. Matisiyahu. Oh, that might actually be the the real one. No, he he calls himself Matisiyahu. I, I like Matisiyahu a little bit better. Well, that's not that's not how he says it's it. Matisse Yahoo and Davenport. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, Did you see that video with him where he walked into a coffee shop? Yeah, yes, we, yeah, yeah, it's so cool. And the guy's singing. The guy's doing a really cool right. cover of his song too. I think it is. It must have been Hawaii or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's singing with a ukulele and and Modest Yahoo's standing there. And if you know anything about Modest Yahoo, he always used to have because he's he's Jewish. And is he is would he be considered Hasidic Jew or? I think he used to be. Yeah. So he had the uh, I I apologize if I don't use the proper terms, but like the the sides of his hair were grown out, yeah. like the curls on the side his, of his, his curly cues. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, he had he had a, a big beard, mm-hmm. really dark hair, it, dark yeah, features. It was very it was very much when you think of like a Hasidic, little and a Hasidic Jew. Yeah. That's what you think of, though the beard, the the curls, the the yarmulke, the yeah, the and whole thing. and that's how he always looked. But then he ditched that look. I think there was actually a big controversy over him ditching that. Like he shaved, which I, I think is like it, I don't know a lot about Jewish sure, culture, sure, sure. but I think it's a big deal when you shave. Uh-huh. Um, so he shaved off his beard. He dyed his hair blonde, so he looked nothing. He actually looked like long-haired Chad Kroger. So that's such a cool video, though. He, he starts singing with the guy, and and they he get had d- no idea. Yeah, they no. get they get done. And the guy who's taking the video goes, "You know who wrote that song?" And uh, and the guy's like, "Yeah, Modis." And and he's like, "Yeah, it's uh, that's that's him." No, right he, there. he said it himself. He goes, "Me." Well, he kind of pointed at himself, and the camera guy goes, "That's him." And the guy's like, "No, no," and he's like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, he, shit!" In all fairness, he looks nothing. No, like no, him. doesn't look anything the way that like you him. Expect him to. He looked like an old hippie surfer. Um, he had like a long sleeve giant f- red flannel on with the shortest shorts ever, <laughs> and like Lisa Frank slippers. Like it was <laughs> the weirdest look that he had going on. But it's he so, was just jamming and singing. Along it's with so him. cool though. He's like. Like, uh, he's like, he, guys, like, why are you in town? And he's like, oh, I'm doing a show. You want to, you want to be on the list? And so he tells him he puts, he'll put him and his girlfriend on the list and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, I, sweet. I also like the fact that he can just get up the morning of a show and go to a tiny little coffee shop and nobody knows who he is. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the life. If you're like a big star traveling around and you don't have to worry about. The paparazzi. Oh, why do you think he had to shave his beard? <laughs> he had to do it that morning. Guys. Um, okay, so so back to uh, the possession here. Um, Maris Yahoo, though, plays the uh, the the Hasidic uh, Jew, basically that can that knows about 
uh, the possession, knows about the Diddick box. Diddick? Dibbick. Dibbick box and all that. So And his father is like one of the elders. Like yep. when uh, when Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character Clyde first goes to this this group of men mm-hmm. to seek out help for his daughter, he brings the Dibbick box with him and immediately like all the guys shy away from him. They're like, no, no, no. So explain can't. to people what a Dibbick box is. That's like so, the main focus of this movie. So it's this carved box and it's covered in, in Hebrew letters and essentially uh, as the folklore goes, it's a box that contains the. Uh, it, it it essentially imprisons a a demon, mm-hmm. and in this case, it was a demon who was known as. Once they they find out what its true name is uh, later on in the movie, it translates to the taker of children. So this thing is specifically targeting young Emily because it's that's what it does. It takes children and it possesses them. And uh, sucks all the life force out of him because the uh, he explains to a, he explains to Clyde that the it, it wants what it can't have, which is life. So it just inhabits the spirit or it inhabits the body of a living person, sucks all the life force out of it, and then once that person dies, just moves on to the next person. Yeah. It's kind of freaky. It's kind of like a succubus. Yeah, sort of. In a way, um, but so this is like a real thing too. Like we looked it up online, and like there's like I mean real in quotations yeah. you never know how real these things actually are right. but like there are like actual stories like uh, Zach Baggins actually bought this famous Dybbuk box to put in his haunted museum um, and, it's, and there's, a, there's a whole story about this very specific box online. and his was just it, a, it was just a it was a it was a wine box no his I thought no, he bought the one he bought the he, one that had that uh, yeah it was a story behind it it was a wine box oh really yeah that's what they said in the story like it okay. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't specifically carved and and uh, and made with latches and stuff to hold the dibbic. It was just what uh, the person who trapped the dibbic happened to have okay, with them. So sense. they trapped it inside I of the wine box. Suppose it can be box. anything, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like an urn. Yeah, it can be a coke put can somebody, if you want. Put somebody's ashes in it, it becomes an urn, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So back to the movie though. Here, uh, basically, you have uh, just a, a quick rundown here. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character Clyde. Uh, Clyde and Stephanie uh, are going through a divorce, mm-hmm. and uh, Clyde just bought a new house. The kids are coming to stay with him for the first time at the house. They go to a yard sale down the street, and uh, young Emily finds a this, this box that she just kind of loves and wants to have. So, of course, thinking nothing of it, he drops, like, what, $55 at a yard sale? Well, there was some other stuff they bought, too. Still, $10 at a yard sale, max. Okay, <laughs> max. That's fair. Um no, but so they buy the box or whatever, and he just thinks that, like, it's just a cool box, maybe a jewelry box or something mm-hmm. like that. That's all he thinks. And she rapidly becomes completely obsessed with this box. Yeah. She is sleeping with it, like, literally clutching it in her arms. She's um, she's Ta- talking, talking to, to it. it. Like she, it's, and it's really weird. Her whole entire mood changes. There's a, there's a really weird scene where she's eating her French toast or pancakes, whatever pancakes. it is, in the beginning of the in, in the beginning of the scene, mm-hmm. and it is the it was the most annoyingly grinding scene that I've ever seen. Right. Because you have the one daughter who's on one one end of the table, the dad's at the other end, and then Emily's sort of in the middle on mm-hmm. the side, and they're having a conversation. The older daughter uh, Hannah and uh, Clyde, mm-hmm. they're having a daughter or having a. They're having a daughter. They're not having a daughter. They're having a conversation. <laughs> and the youngest daughter, M, is sitting there just smacking her plate with the fork and eating. And the sound was like, hold a microphone up to someone just going. 
Like it's that's that gross. really that, that... it's exactly it's gross sounding. And so between the clanking of her fork on the plate and then that sound of her chewing, it was just really gross and unsettling. See, the, and I wanted the scene to end. I'm the, like, this needs to stop because it's driving me crazy. It's funny because the more grating thing to me in that scene was the other daughter talking over it. Yeah. Well, the whole thing it's was... like she wouldn't shut up. I'm just like, shut up. The whole so, thing so, was So that was we can grating, focus on what's yeah. going on with this little possessed girl. Yeah, but it was just really annoying. But it was like one of those things where it, you know there's a change. It's obviously, this demon is starting to take over her body. Mm-hmm. And it comes and goes. It, it's not always that, you know, she's herself sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes the demon kind of takes takes shape or whatever. And, um, and it's, it's basically just the buildup until the very end when she's pretty much completely overtaken by the demon. And that's when Clyde has to go. <clears throat> like he finally figured out, figures out that it's Hebrew on the box. Mm-hmm. And he takes it to this um, uh, sect of uh, Hasidic Jews. Mm-hmm. Hasidic, right? Yeah. Hasidic. Hasidic, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in the city, I guess, he goes in and finds them. Yeah. And they want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yet, uh, Masiatu... Matisyatu. God, I did it. Jeez. I, Matsyatu. I, I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> I know it's not. Matisyatu. No, God. Yeah, you just... Uh, Matisyatu. Matisyatu. <laughs> um, he's the son, basically, of the elder of of their their group yeah i'm not sure what you call their yeah their church whatever you want to call it yeah um and where they all basically say no this is way too dangerous he's like my religion teaches me that when people are in need we help them he says he says not only am i not only am i uh granted to help but it is necessary or something like that it's my like my my duty to help you when you're in need so he goes to mitzvah yeah, yeah. So he goes with them to try to do this. And I think this is where the movie got a little hokey for you. And I think that a lot of it, to me at least, had to do with uh, Yahoo's, um delivery. It just didn't really seem that believable. Like, he was just kind of like yelling like he was at a concert. Well, as that's opposed a, you to and being... I, you, you and I laughed at the same thing because there's a part where everything starts to really go, up go, and go crazy. crazy. Yep. And he's kind of he's performing this... Um, He's performing this exorcism, and he's he's and this doesn't this doesn't seem like it's uh, like it's uh, inaccurate for what what they were doing because when I was watching the golem, I noticed that as they were praying, they would kind of rock back and forth too. Mm-hmm. But he was standing over her, and he's rocking back and forth, and he's kind of he's In kind of saying the, like. yeah he's kind of <laughs> saying the things with a cadence that's almost like a song. Yeah, and at one point he. I mistook what he said at first because he goes, he goes, everybody, put your. It sounded like he said, everybody, put your hands up. Yep. <laughs> I heard but the same thing. <laughs> he said, put your hands on her. Yep. Like he was telling everybody to put yeah. their hands. But it, it did. It's it, like in that was, moment, it was, it was, it was, it was more, like you're at a modest Yahoo yeah, concert. Yeah. <laughs> it was more supposed to be like, everybody, put your hands on her. Right. Like yelling over the wind and everything else. But right. It sounded like everybody, put your hands up. <laughs> 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 Like, you know, it was like you're not at a concert. <laughs> like, this is a life and death situation here. Um, so that that took me out of it at the end a little bit, quite frankly. The other thing at the end, and you pointed this out to me before I even noticed it. Well, I, I noticed it kind of at the same time. But there's a shot in this movie that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Modest Yahoo is leaning up against the wall. And no, 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 Clyde. Cl- I'm sorry, Clyde is leaning up against the wall after there's like a weird body jump for the demon thing. Modest Yahoo's uh, name in the movie is Zadok, by the Zadok, way. Zadok, yep. yeah. 
So Clyde, though, um, after going through this whole ordeal at the end of the movie, the demon sort of jumps in him for a little bit mm -hmm. at the end, and uh, he's leaning up against the wall, and after he's sort of like cleansed of the spirit, his kids run up to him, and uh, it, they do this. He's leaning against the wall, but then they do an over-the-shoulder shot. Right. Which literally doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because you and would, it's distracting. The, the camera would be behind a wall. Yeah, and you don't see the wall because you're actually seeing his back. It's like it's like the wall had the most wide lens you could possibly imagine, <laughs> and and there was space though between. It, it was weird. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was that was, that was a, weird. That that's not really. I, I that's not really what took me out of it. I I guess like. Uh, what I was saying about it getting kind of hokey at the end was, um, I I loved I loved Emily's performance throughout the entire movie because there was something uh, so sinister about what she was able to do with her just with her eyes and stuff like she would just she would, at one point in time uh, Clyde shows up at um, uh, is that Hannah his wife no his wife is Stephanie. Um, Stephanie. Hannah yeah, is sorry. his daughter. So. Oh, okay. He, uh, so technically Hannah's house too. Yep. Um, he shows up at Stephanie's house. She's gone. He knows that uh, Emily is up in her bedroom and she's sick, you know, quote unquote sick. And so he goes up there. He's found uh, a holy book of some kind and he goes up and he wants to confirm that whatever is going on with her is actually well, it'd be what the he's... Quran basically, right? Uh, or Torah. Tor yeah. I keep saying Quran to Torah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, so he goes up and he kind of does that. He j basically just wants to identify the problem. Sure. So he goes up and he starts reading to her and she she just like slowly turns and looks at him and she's laying in bed and her eyes are just wide and she doesn't blink and she just stare, she's staring daggers through him and like one single tear will run out of her eye. It was just all very creepy and that the part way of the performance was so cool, but then when you when you get to the end of the movie and then they actually start doing the exorcism, and all the the, the wind in the room, and then her face transforms into the demon's face, and she does the power stance it's, and screams, like and it's I said, like it's very drag me to hell. It's the whole end scene of drag me to hell where they're they're in the they're in the uh, the. Um, the practitioner's house or whatever the the oh and the, and, uh, and the goat or whatever and they're gonna sacrifice it and the wind kicks up and yeah the whole, it, it's the whole I, it worked it's the same it worked thing. better for me and drag me to hell because drag me to hell had an overall had an overall sort of sam raimi comedic tone to it yeah and this movie didn't this movie no, was no all very serious movie, for the most part and uh <laughs> And it just, I don't know, it just didn't play for me. And then when the demon crawls out of his mouth and it crawls across the floor, I was like, oh, I that's stupid. I didn't understand why the demon was just sort of willingly... Like, like the, the this is my problem with both movies, actually, and we'll get into the Gollum one later. But, like, with this one, all of these, all of the, the whole Jewish community was so afraid to touch this box, so afraid to do whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, here is the, the, I don't know if he was the rabbi or whoever was, son, the leader's son. Mm -hmm. He goes there, reads a couple of passages, some wind happens, and the demon just kind of cowers, like, I'm sorry, I'll go back into my box. Well, like, yeah, like, no, it just kind of goes in on its own, though. Like, you're there's no fight. You're misrepresenting it a little bit, I mean, because there really. was a lot of shit happened. Like, it attacked him and tried sure, to choke him to death. Sure, It but, threw but people across the room. The and fact that it didn't, they didn't have to trap it in the box, it literally willingly crawled back to the box. I think it's that probably because... That, to me, because was like... 
I don't. If you take into consideration the final scene of the movie, I think it makes sense because I think it it realized that in that moment it was bested. So it almost was seeking refuge in the box. I guess maybe. You know I what know. I mean? It still it still it still took away part of the punch though, I think from the end. Yeah. You know. Like I, I would have much rather seen them throw like a Ghostbusters trap out, <laughs> like trap it. Yeah, and 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 just the uh as far as the hokiness just to add to the hokiness, the MRI scene I thought was really stupid. I agree. When they agree. actually saw the demon inside of her chest cavity, like yep. I thought that was really dumb. That was that was some very very early mid 2000s horror right there. That which being, this movie was, but Yeah. That being said, there was there was a few really like cool effective creepy parts. Um one of them was really subtle and it was one of my favorite scenes. Uh it was after her teacher takes the box away from her because she a, a little like another little kid in class steals the box from her and Emily flips out and starts slapping him in the face and mm-hmm. saying give it back to me and then she goes to full on punch him and the teacher stops her and so the t- teacher keeps the box and then you know she she's at school doing some work afterward and she ends up dying it doesn't really matter how <laughs> but the next day Clyde and Emily are sitting in a diner and he's he's saying to her like he's trying to be really serious with her he's like are are do you understand why you don't have school today and she's like oh yeah cuz Mrs. so and so is dead and he's just like he's kind of taken aback by it like yeah yeah I'm like do you understand how serious that is and she's just kind of like not really paying attention to what he's saying and it drove me nuts because at first I didn't realize it, it kind of went hand in hand with the pancake scene. Every single time they would switch back and forth between his face and her face, every time they would switch back to her face, she was putting more food into her mouth. Yep. And I was like, she's really eating fast. Like, that is this an oversight? Like, or did they just not realize that every single time? But it was totally intentional. And that's because right at the end of the scene, he's trying to be really serious and she just goes... Can I have some more food? And then she turns toward the toward the waitress, and her face is turned away from him, and she just goes, she's still hungry. Oh, in like her, a really but, weird voice. But her voice drops a little bit, and it's like... <laughs> she's still hungry. Well, it's not that intense, but it's kind of like you can still hear her little girl voice, and then underneath there's just like a little, she's still hungry. And it's yeah. like, yeah, God, it's, really, it's, really, creepy. it's really creepy. Um, um, yeah, the uh, like the moth scene I thought was really cool. Yeah, when, the, mo- the moss played a big a big part of this. It was because it was part of what the moss were sort of a part of what kept the demon at bay. I think the first time. Well, I, the, I, I didn't really understand why the moss played as big of a role as they did. The idea behind the idea behind the uh, the moth could have been like a this is I, I guess this is more of like a witch thing, like a Wiccan thing. But you know, they say that witches have familiars, mm-hmm. which are like. Um, a lot of times it's bugs or animals or whatever. So the moth could have Salem been like a... Fa- yeah. What's that? Salem the cat. Salem the cat. The the moth could have been like a familiar of the demon or something like that. I have no idea. I don't but know if that's how that works, but they 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 essentially... Uh, there was a lot of weird stuff in the box, and they, the way they explained it was uh, when the previous family who had trapped the Dybbuk in the box, they basically had to take something that meant uh, a lot to them sentimentally yep. and put it in the box and then do the ritual and it would trap the dybbuk in the box um so i don't know if the moth had anything to do with that but it could have been they didn't really explain the moth a whole lot the moth was just sort of a symbol for the demon yeah 
Maybe that's all it was. Maybe maybe it was just a plot, a story point. Who knows? Um, the other the other question I had uh, was there is a scene where they walk into the house and she had already mentioned that she wasn't feeling well. And then like a week went by, right? Mm-hmm. She was wearing the ring that she found in the box and her finger was starting to turn black. And But then like a week goes by and then it's their turn to go back to their dad's house again. And when they walk into the house, uh, Emily's just standing there before Hannah and Clyde get in there. And you can see that uh, stuff is being thrown out of the kitchen into the hallway, like something is rooting through the fridge. And he goes in and he can't find what's in there. And then all of a sudden you just hear like a scurrying sound and something runs out the dog door. So at that point in time, the demon had already fully manifested and was able to run around and stuff. Is that what... That's sort of what I picked up from it, especially being that there was a scene later when Emily was... um was being possessed by the demon mm-hmm. she's in the refrigerator just eating everything she possibly can that was can. a spooky scene by so the way so I think that exactly is part of that mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether or not the demon I guess the demon was materialized yeah sure why not I don't know because it, it seemed weird because then there was the maybe scene the de- right before she gets fully possessed and she's she's looking up as if it's really tall yeah but it wasn't it was just this little tiny thing I got it what the demon Took the took the form of a raccoon. Oh, that's why it was on the ceiling. <laughs> it can stick to the ceiling. That's why I could scurry out the dog door. Okay. They thought it was a raccoon because he thought he saw a raccoon. Mm-hmm. So you had like a demon coon running around. Mm-hmm. Demon coon. That's, there's a movie for you. There you go. <laughs> Demonicoon. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I like this movie all in all. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. There was a lot of cool things like where the um, the effects wise where like, the eyes would kind of roll back into their heads and mm-hmm. stuff or, or turn sideways. Very Sam Raimi. Very yeah. like if you've seen Evil Dead or you've seen Drag Me to Hell or you've seen like any of the go like maybe the, not any of them the, but the grudge. The grudge. Oh with the yeah. Fingers the grudge. In the, back the, the fingers in the throat. Another totally Sam Raimi right, movie yeah. like. Is uh, it? Yeah, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi produced it or what? Produced, uh, yeah, Ghost House did the. I don't know if Ghost House did it, but I know Sam Raimi produced the original Grudge movie. Yeah. Well, not the original. Well, the, 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 the original the American remake. remake. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. So it's, it's, they're all kind of connected in that sense because mm-hmm. they all have his fingerprints all over it. For sure. Yeah. Um, I like this movie a lot. I would recommend this to to anybody just looking for a fun horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was good. It's, it, a lot it's of got good. A uh, little sparkle to it because it's got some more. It's got a bigger budget to it, mm-hmm. but it's you know, it's 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 a perfect example of what horror was in the early two thousands mm-hmm. or twenty tens, really. Sure. Well, it, but what, twenty twenty when did it come out? Two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I would I would recommend it. Where did we watch it? Did we rent this one or was it? Uh, we rented. We, did. we one, rented yep. this one on yep. uh, Vudu. Um, now a movie we didn't rent. Because it's on the Netflix. The Netflix. Was a, a flick from 2018 called The Gollum. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is directed by Doran Paz and Yoav Paz. Uh, the Paz brothers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go here. Uh, during an outbreak of the deadly plague, a mystical woman... She's not mystical. A mystical woman must save her uh, <laughs> t- uh, tight-knit Jewish community from foreign invaders. But the entity she conjures to protect them is f- a far greater evil. Um... Yeah, so I have a lot to say about this movie. Go ahead. Um, I liked this movie a lot. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I did like it. Uh, I liked it in tone. It felt very Robert Eggers, actually. Like, I was kind of yeah. getting witch vibes the entire time. Mm-hmm. Even though The Witch is, on the whole, an, an overwhelmingly better movie. Mm-hmm. This movie just sort of felt like it. Like, the, uh, like the, the Gollum sort of felt like 
the college project that he did before the witch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Before he really f- knew how to flesh out stories well, he had a vision, you know? Uh, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, it, this takes place in uh, 1673 in Lithuania, mm-hmm. which that keep that in mind because that's important for later. Um, and yeah, it's about this woman who uh, she's married to a husband and they cannot conceive a child. Uh, the husband is the son of the leader of their... Like the local the rabbi. Commune, or, basically. Yeah. Whatever. This is you know 17 or 1673 so they're they're very small communities living yeah. in like the outskirts probably of like a hundred people or something like maybe that, yeah. even if that yeah um and uh yeah so his father though is basically the the, the spiritual leader of the entire commune mm-hmm. and um they they can't have a child it's kind of a it's a big point of um they had a child at one point they had a child who, John, who died who died seven years prior but they have not been able to conceive a child since then mm-hmm. it's a source of issue between the two of them obviously their sex looks like it looks like it sucks i'm just saying like that was just some really whew. just some really white bread missionary until i until i realized what was going on and until i saw like her banging him later in the movie mm. my impression was man sex in the 1600s sucked <laughs> Like really, man, it was that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I would just rather not, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> just I'd really rather not. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, man, it looks depressing. Um, but yeah, so you have a local uh, a local community though that's I don't know some miles away, mm-hmm. and they they're not Jewish, they're christian or or what have you they're gentiles gentiles yeah. sure um they basically are experiencing the effects of the black plague mm-hmm. and but they don't understand what the black plague is and they think that it must be black magic from the jews that live next to them that's uh, was it uh was it that or they thought oh yeah i guess it was yeah well because he says, Cause he says uh, why is it not affecting you what magic do you have cure my daughter right that's basically what the leader of, uh, of vl- the douchebag um, says <laughs> vladimir vladimir he, he, br- he brings his daughter in and he brings a, a band of cronies with him and uh interrupts the the wedding of um hannah's sister yep right in the middle of a wedding he comes in he shoots a guy hannah, in the head hannah by the way is like the main the main character main character it's her, hannah and her husband her husband benjamin benjamin yeah um, so Vladimir brings his daughter in who's uh, dying from the plague and and says, basically, you're going to cure my daughter or I'm going to kill everybody in this village. Yeah. Those are your two options. And so uh, Perla, who is the local healer, mm-hmm. says, all right, I'll, I'll do what I can. So bring her to my house. So basically, uh, her, his daughter, Vladimir's daughter, spends the rest of the movie essentially in Perla's house she's trying to do whatever she can to fix her Heal up her. she's and, yeah she's the town healer basically and Vladimir and his thugs are staying in the town so that they can make sure that nobody leaves yep. comes or goes so now it's very important to mention that in the very beginning of this movie uh the the before the main story starts you have like a little like pre-part mm-hmm. and it's all about somebody who had uh basically conjured a golem it was this huge hulking monster of yeah. a thing that was just laying waste to everybody and then there's this young girl that tries to stand up to it but does enter whatever and whatever right so that's important that's important to, to know for some of my criticisms later on did you notice in that the in, movie did you notice that in both movies and i'm sure this is just coincidence but in both movies a broken shard of glass was used as a weapon like specifically uh, it, it, very featured as a weapon i mean 
it's probably back then granted it's it's a it's a tool of um of uh what's what i'm looking for it's when you find when you just randomly find something convenience yeah. it's a tool of convenience sure. when glass breaks that's probably the quickest weapon that anyone's gonna find yeah so, I don't know. I just didn't sense. know if there was. Yeah, I, I didn't know if there was any. I'm sure there's nothing to it, really. But it was just interesting that they were both so heavily because when you're in a kitchen, in a modern kitchen, there's stuff everywhere that you sure. can grab. Grab a knife, a meat tenderizer. Not back. I don't think they had meat tenderizers back in 1763. I'm, I'm saying. I'm, say, I'm saying in the possession, it didn't make sense for her to grab a piece of broken glass because she could have grabbed anything. That's I don't know. True. It's probably know. nothing. I just I something know. I something I pinged on. I gotcha, I gotcha. So anyway, going back to the golem. The golem. Um, um, yeah, so where we leave off, she was... Um, well, they, they set it up They set it up in, in the beginning of this movie that Hannah is pretty... Uh, she's so... She's very curious. She's she very, wants to know what the men are learning because... Yeah, she wants to know about wrong, the ancient texts and stuff like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, it was only the men that were allowed to be in I believe church, so. basically, or the... Synagogue is that what they're called? No, I I don't I don't know what I'm it would, sorry. I, I'm, I'm yeah, I don't know what it, when it comes to I don't know what it would be called in a yeah. situation like this, but yeah, she technically wasn't allowed to be listening to the the prayer sessions that they were so having. She would hide under the building and listen through the floorboards and basically attend church. And Essentially, she, what she was and doing she in knew, the she knew she knew more than any of the other men because the uh, the the head the elder would ask a question like, "Can anybody tell me?" He was talking about the the Star of David, and yep. he said, "Can anybody tell me the elements that make up the Star of David?" And nobody could answer it. Sure. But then she underneath answered she it as yep. she was underneath the church, so she knew her. She really knew her shit. She and was well, like really well versed. Her in this husband, stuff. her husband, who is the son of the the main Benjamin, yep. Benjamin, um, he's stealing books for her basically so that she can read them. Right. So he's kind of aiding in this. He he knows that she's down there. He, she actually looks up to him through the floorboards at one point. Right. Um, so that's why she's kind of well versed in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So when when these people come to town though, and they basically say you are responsible for the plague because the plague hasn't hit you, really it's just because they're not touching anything they're else. Isolated. They're isolated. Right. Um, way to way to bring the plague to them. <laughs> but um, they think it's because they have magic though. Their, right. Their Jewish magic or whatever whatever it was he thought it was at the time. Yeah. And uh, so that's basically the story: is that they're sort of being held captive in their in their commune. When they first roll into town, by the way, with their plague masks oh, on and those stuff. Plague masks are so awesome. I'm gonna. We were talking about this before the yep. show. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make one. Yep. Uh, a leather plague I'm mask for you for Lenane yep. Rouge next year. Doing it. Um, so I, I actually uh, I did some reading a while because I've been wanting to make a plague mask for some time. And uh, I did some reading on them a while ago. Do you know why they are shaped the way they are? Because crows are sweet. <laughs> They're not made to look like <clears throat> crows. Um, Could have fooled me. <laughs> down down in the end of the mask, they would put um, herbs and spices mm. so that when they were around all the rotting dead bodies... It smell better? They would, well, not, it would not only smell better, but they, they thought that the properties of these herbs and spices that they were... Uh, breathing in that they would filter out the sickness in some way interesting which is false <laughs> or but filter out that them sickness or come on for the <laughs> you're so stupid oh my god <laughs> Ooh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's my oh, best impression <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 
Um, those um, masks were sweet, though. Yeah. They were really, really yeah, sweet. So and cool. you being a master leather crafter, hmm. I expect nothing but the best from you. I appreciate that, that you yeah, call yeah. me a master. Yeah, got to be a master or something. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, when they come to town, though, like, she's the only one that's like, you know, we have to fight back. The rest of them are like, no. We're gonna be we're gonna be pussies and not fight. We're, we're just gonna let this happen. Well, it's they, basically how she took it. They're uh, they're 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 pacifists. They're a sure. peaceful people. They're, so at they're one like, point in time, I, I think it was in the uh, in the intro here. He's like, "What should we hit them with our books? Like, yeah, <laughs> like what do you want us to do? Right? And she's like, "No, we can." Because she knew the sacred text, she knew. Well, that she was also she was also reading stuff that definitely he he the 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 elder basically he said. No woman. Forbid, it's forbidden even for him, basically. Like right. He wouldn't no, even do it. So there's no way a woman should know how to do this. And she says we could use the seventy, the seventy-two, um, the seventy-two secret letters of the alphabet of sure. of uh, of Jesus's or not Jesus. <laughs> it, was like, it was like some of real... God's God's alphabet, and we would. And then you combine it with this other. Uh, it was like passage. some real Hebrew secret society shit. Is yeah, basically what it was. Exactly. <laughs> it was like da Vinci Code. And and she Hebrew said style. and she said we could create a golem. Yep. And it's this thing is uh it's the way it describes it is you you go out and you carve basically the a human form into. It has to be virgin soil. Virgin soil that's never been uh, that's plowed, never been plowed, plowed or, cultivated. or cultivated by anybody. So she's like, "Well, fuck you guys. I'm gonna take care of this by myself." So she goes out into the middle of the woods at night and creates this golem. And it turns out it comes in the form of a little boy. A cute little boy. A very cute little yeah. boy. Very spooky though too. <laughs> when he's still covered in mud and his eyes are kind of oh, shining awesome. a little bit, it reminds me of really Cub. spooky. Remember Cub? God, dude, Cub. The, to... Him, him in full like full like like mud uh, mud gear. Yeah, was like it just reminded me a lot of that. Like yeah. super feral kid and all that. Like, I love that movie awesome. Cub. By the way, it's so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he shows up. Uh, she immediately kind of takes a shine to him because you can tell that she she views him as well, sort of a replacement for her son who passed actually, away. Here's how I took it. So her son that passed away was the exact same age as the person as as the, the uh, as the golem. I think that because it was her that made it, and it was because her child was on her mind. I'm pretty sure that the golem looked almost exactly like their son. Yeah, and that basically he took the form because that's because he was connected to her. Mm-hmm. The go- or the golem rather was connected to her. That's why the golem took the form that it did because it was on her mind. Right. That's how I took it at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes the end of this movie because even weirder. We'll get there because the actual um, form that she carved in the mud in the clay was much bigger sure. than what sure. he actually was. He it was, was also was, on fire, which was really cool. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That's right. <laughs> um, so so basically what happens is she she has this thing now, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it a thing because it's not a human. And uh, one person wises up to it, and that's Perla. She's mm-hmm. the, the healer in the, in the community. And she mentions... That uh, you heard it in the intro, like she she turns to the golem at one point and says, "We've met before," and she was the little girl from the beginning of the movie who sees this hulking beast. What? This is where my problems start with. The Why? What? Um, the idea that this healer, who was no older than fifties, maybe, I would say mid fifties, 
No, I would definitely say 60s, possibly even 70s. I I didn't think she looked that old. We'll go <clears> 60s, <throat> though, happy medium, right? Sure. So she's mid 60s, sure. maybe something like that. The way that these, the way that these, these, uh, these mythologies work, and the way that a lot of these old stories work, mm -hmm. these creatures are like these golems and whatever, whatever creature for whatever religion for you know whatever. They're ancient creatures, like they're these things of myth and <clears throat> fable. Mm -hmm. The idea that this, that a golem actually existed and somebody brought one forth within one generation to me. Is just all wrong. Like, like Why? that because that's not how these stories work. Because it's not just her character. If and if that if that was the case, she should have been like the hundred and ten year old, like super feeble healer, where her daughter was the main healer. Like, mm -hmm. It should have been her mother who was like super old and fragile. That should have been the one that was the Ahab basically of the movie. Like should have been like I've seen this thing before. Blah blah. Like like the the one that gives the warning. Like it should have been super old. The, the idea of a, the golem to me is it's not scary when it's a thing that a good portion of the older community of their commune had seen. Because there's no way that Benjamin's dad hadn't seen it. He's just as old, if not older, than her. Um, I like, don't. There's no. I think that she was the only one left from her community. Because when even, she enters that church at the beginning of the movie, still, everybody know. in her and everybody in her community is dead. Even still, though, it's a thing that exists in the current collective. You know what I'm saying? In the current consciousness, it's it's. A, I just feel like it should have. It would have held more weight if it was this older, more ancient type thing that she brought back that nobody thought was even possible. Like even the even Benjamin's dad was like, I cannot believe that you you know that you would even propose this. Nobody can control the golem. This and that. Like they're terrified of it, right? Yeah. But then when she brings it to life, they all know that it's around and they don't do anything about it. Even even Benjamin's dad is just when they come to him finally, he's just sitting at his desk doing whatever. Like he's just like no one seems to care that this thing's around even though they know it's all there after they were scared shitless of it at the even at the the mere thought of bringing it up. Like and it just doesn't it doesn't sit well. It doesn't like the the narrative doesn't work. I think this is a uh, I feel like this is a nitpicky argument. It very well could be, but yeah. for my for my taste, it just didn't work. I don't understand why this this mythical creature is not more feared in this community when just a couple because, of days beforehand if, they were saying how feared it was. Because it, if Perla is the only one who survived in the beginning from her community, and let's just say you know she was she was found and adopted, and now she's lived out the rest of her life, right? She probably wouldn't have gone on to speak of it. Because she wouldn't want anybody to okay. even know what a golem was. Even still, though, the, but Benjamin's father knew what it was. Well, it's in the it's in the text, like so. You know, there's which makes it this 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 unknown. Even if he had never seen it before, it makes it this unknown force, which is terrifying. Yet when it, when it surfaces, nobody seems to care until it's made a big deal. Well, because they all. Well, I I, I think know. that's I just, another reason that it comes in the form of a child. It's very unthreatening. I have you never seen the omen? <laughs> well, it's they never have. I because it's okay, the sixteen forties. I just I don't know. I just don't think I just don't think that it works. I think the narrative gets lost mm. because they're not they're on one hand they're presenting the golem as one thing, but then on the other hand they're treating it like something else. And to me the narrative just gets lost. And, and it lost to me in the movie. Mm. Again, maybe maybe it's a nitpicky thing. I, I guess yeah, I disagree with you. 
but that's just personal. That comes down to personal preference. That's fair. Um, I, I also I think I think the fact that they fear it, they they fear it on one hand, and then when it eventually does show up, the reason that they don't fear it quite as much is because it shows up and it saves them. But to me, I mentioned the the role of the Ahab. I guess the uh, the healer. I can I don't have their Perla. names right. Perla and then Benjamin's father. They're both sort of Ahabs because they both know about it. In, 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 the, in that sense or whatever? Well, the Benjamin's it's, father only knows about it through the text. Like, he doesn't... He's never seen it for a Sure, hand. sure. But that's no different than... That's no different than, like, um... Than, uh... What's his name from Halloween? Um, Loomis. Yeah. Being so terrified of Michael Myers, right? But then when he finally comes back, him just not really caring until somebody brings it to his attention. Oh, hey, Michael's bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, that... To me, that's how it kind of plays off. Mm. It's like, he's warning you of it. But then when it happens, no one cares until, until they care. Like I don't know, it's a weird thing. You would think that he would be up in arms over the entire thing the entire time, like, oh my god, what did you do? I know he helped us, but what did you do? I know how this ends, and they just didn't touch on that at all. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I had, I had I a big know. problem with it. Well, I, I think, I think that they saw the power of it. First of all, I, I think they were scared. But they knew that there wasn't much well, that they could do about it because it was, was obviously case, incredibly it didn't come powerful. That way. To really? me, I, to me, it didn't. Well, it because Hannah Hannah did a really good job of making it of making it out to be a savior. Sure. You know what I mean? She shows up and she want like uh, so she can control the whole. Th- she can basically control. It. She tells it to stop. She tells right, it to, like yeah. it, it goes in and it just destroys like three dudes, makes their heads explode and blah blah blah. Uh, totally scans them from scanners. Oh yeah, totally, hundred <laughs> percent. And then and then it's walking toward Vladimir, and then Vladimir's daughter comes out of the house and you know she suddenly has this sympathetic bone. She's like she says stop and it stops in its tracks. So they see that. It's this fearsome, powerful thing, but they also see that she seemingly has control over it. But again, and I think it's probably a mixture of fear because they see that it there's nothing any of them can do about it because this thing is obviously incredibly powerful. Fear and a bit of respect because it just saved them. You know what I mean? Sure. Because even even when even when Benjamin goes back to the house that night. Because they've he's been, like okay with it, but, but he's not though. He's not. He's not okay. He, you can see that he's on edge about it the sure, entire time. Sure. And he, he, I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> I just I just feel like there's like this crazy thing happens and nobody acknowledges it. Well, until until the narrative forces them to. That's that's my that's my only thing. Well, I, consider too that that night when Benjamin shows up to the house, the entire community is all standing around her house. You remember that? Yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all curious. standing. They're curious, well, they're curious about it, I guess. but maybe they're also kind of standing guard, and you I know guess. what I mean. I guess. But at the sure. same time, they might view the thing as sort of a savior. So it's. It's, let's 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 meet in the middle and just say maybe maybe it could have been written in a way that explained both sides more. Yeah, I'll say, sure. I'll, I'll meet you in the middle. Sure, and say that's that. fine. Um, one of the things though, another problem that I have with this movie is that um, this movie was supposed to take place in the 1600s, mm-hmm. and I could not watch it without feeling that it was a modern movie. Why? Um, the 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 actress that plays um, Hannah, I just she was good to a certain extent. 
but I felt like her portrayal of the character did not feel like somebody of the 1600s. She felt very modern in the way that she delivered her lines and the way that she carried on. Um, I, I don't know exactly what I mean by the carry-on thing. I just know that it felt weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that she spoke, for sure, was like a movie that I would have seen yesterday. Would have been made yesterday. Um, I, I just didn't I didn't like that, and it took me out of it. Like well, she just well, didn't. For, first of all, if this was 1600s she, Lithuania, they shouldn't have been speaking English at all. But there was no accents either, though. There was no like, like some, some people movies, had some, accents. Some did. Yeah. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that all of them, but some did, which. Even more, why wouldn't they all? So when some do and some don't, it takes you out of it. Like her, her portrayal of a character from that time period to me just wasn't believable. Uh-huh. Like it, she looked like an actress playing somebody, but didn't really like get lost in the role. It's kind of how it came off to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like Benjamin was great. I thought Benjamin was good. Um, even he was a little flaky at times, but for the most part, he was good. Um, I thought that... But she was... she. I, I think it was intentional because she was obviously supposed to be much more progressive as a woman than other people but from her time. speech has nothing to do with that. She, like I said, when she spoke, I it sounded like, a... like I was talking to my friend down the street. Like, it just... She mm-hmm. had nothing, nothing about the way that she portrayed the character in her verbal role. Mm-hmm made me believe that she was from that time period. It just mm-hmm. didn't. And then I don't know I don't know why. It's the whole thing that the whole movie, for as much as it looked like a period piece, it had this gloss of modernism over it. And I couldn't get past it for some reason. I don't know why. And I can't pinpoint exactly what it was. There was just something about it that just didn't connect for me. You always get caught up on the weirdest not things. Always. I don't know. Not always. Yeah, I don't know. You I, do. just, I can't. I can't not bring it up though, because it's, it's it's how I felt when I when uh, I watched yes, it. Yes, you, know? you yes, you can not bring it up. My last big thing is that you know uh, her and Benjamin, Hannah and Benjamin, have been struggling to have a child mm-hmm. for seven years. Yeah, and you come to find out that she was rubbing some substance basically She's on basically her. using like a. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She, she was, was using some sort of spermicidal. She, she was. Poisoning her puss, basically. Oh, that's that's I a guess, way to put it, right? I guess you can put it that way. <laughs> I was trying to think of words that rhymed. That was that was bad. Point is, she was rubbing something <laughs> on her on her on her J sound, and um, <laughs> and it was a spermicide, basically. Mm-hmm. And the entire movie, though, she's still perceived as the sympathetic character, especially with her husband. He keeps taking her back. Super good dude, him, but like. Like, the movie is supposed to, like, portray her as the good person when it's like, you're, like, she was the one in the wrong here. He has every right to be mad at her and every right to kind of leave her when he deceived her so horribly in this way. She deceived him, you mean? Or, that's what I meant, yeah. Like, so horribly in this way, yet the movie is still sort of, like, is, she's still made to sort of be the good guy where he's... You're supposed to like almost like no. I think I don't you, know. It was a, uh, you took this a much different way than I did it, because I didn't. Just, I, like, I didn't. I didn't necessarily look at her as the most sympathetic character out of all of them. She was. She became kind of power hungry. It's the she, she did. Was, she did. But it was the way that he kept going back to her though, and everything else. It's like like she was like she was kind of the bad guy in this movie. She went against everything. Yeah. In this bit. movie, yet but she's portrayed same, to but be. But at the same time, she was doing it for the. She thought she was doing it for the good of the community. Yeah. And as far as the whole like sabotaging pregnancy thing goes, she was. She basically had 
PTSD after I losing a child. I understand that. And but she like, didn't think that she could bear the But then when everything bear comes the weight to light, of having another child. But then when everything comes to light and he finds out about it, mm-hmm. she, she still just expects him to, uh, to to act the same way and this and that. Like there was it was just it was like there was like this elephant in the room that just never got addressed about that. You know, I don't know. It, like I said, it was just weird to me. It was like the the script just wasn't f- like they got like ninety percent there on all of these things. Yet, like that last ten percent was just left off, and it kind of makes you, from a story perspective, it just made me want that extra ten percent. Like I just I needed that in order for the circle to close hmm. on the story. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, again, this is kind of how I felt. I liked the movie. I thought that I thought that the the story was good. I just thought the execution of the story was lacking. I guess in a lot of these areas. You know, what weirded me out a little bit. The kid. Yes, I, I know what you're gonna say. The kid. Go on. The kid. The 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 Gollum and Hannah are connected, right? So they seem like they can feel what the other is feeling. Like she's she's making him a shirt at one point in time, and, and she pricks her finger with a needle. <laughs> this is not what I thought you were gonna say, but I know what you're gonna say. She, and pricks, yes. her, she pricks her finger with a needle, and like he goes, and he goes, "Ouch!" Because he can feel it. And so there's a part where, like after after the golem saves them from Vladimir and his thugs, uh, Benjamin goes to her house, and like this is the the reuniting of Benjamin and Hannah. They haven't they haven't been together. She brings him in. She makes him like this really bomb ass soup, and he's like, he tastes it, and he smiles. He smiles because he's like, he can't help it because the soup's so good, and he's like, this is like the soup that you used to make before our kid died, and and then and then he gets up and he's like, all right, it's time for me to leave, and she, even though it's his house and it's his wife, like where's he been staying in a barn? And she's like, no, like no, you're not going anywhere. She's like, it's time for some lady on top coitus, and. <laughs> And he's like, holy shit, lady on top coitus. I thought that was for Gentiles. And she's like, no, nah, man, it's happening. This is when I realized and, that and sex they, in the 1600s might not have been as bad as I thought. And it looks <laughs> it looks, it looks, looks pretty hot. And, but then you pan up to the little kid in the attic, and he's laying there with his eyes open, and he's... If, she, if, 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 he if, feels things, like, if things are really going on, like where he can feel a pinprick on her finger, then... It was just he's, a little weird for he's me. Just lying there, what is this feeling inside <laughs> what, of me? What is this? And I was I just like, I was like, this thing. is very uncomfortable. Can you, can you imagine going to bed at night and every single time your parents went at it, you would feel it? Oh God! Like, can, you, <laughs> can you imagine that? No, I don't want to. I feel it in my. You're, you're just pounding <laughs> on the walls, Jude. Stop! And she's pounding right back. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! What did you think I was going to talk the, about? My thing was the 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 golem is basically a visual representation of their dead son. Yeah, and the only way that you can kill the golem is by pulling the scroll out of its mouth. Oh, so we didn't we didn't explain this. She, she yeah. basically she used the the ancient texts to figure out the true name of God. And basically, what you have to do is you have to write the true name of God on this little piece Apparently of parchment. Apparently, it's real easy. A woman can do it. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> and roll this little piece of parchment up and bind it yep. and uh, bind it and twine. And then when she created the the clay golem, she stuck the piece of parchment in its mouth. Yep. And that's basically what is the catalyst for this entire thing to happen. Think of it as a battery. That's where the batteries go. Right. 
That's basically it. And Perla says to her, just promise me that when this is all over, you will take that parchment out of its mouth and get rid of all, the golem. All she has to do, because the golem trusts her, mm-hmm. is open its mouth and pull the parchment out. Yet she, for some strange reason, decides to basically lip lock and pull the parchment out with her tongue on the... It's not with her tongue. There is no other way that she could get the parchment out of his mouth if she didn't dig around with her tongue a little bit to get it out of his mouth. There is no way. It was a it was a quick kiss. It wasn't okay. even. I'm putting this bottle cap in my mouth. Give me a quick kiss. Get it out of my mouth. Well, first of all, it was the parchment was pushed in like not that far. It was it was still an open mouthed kiss to get that thing out on the golem that looks like her son. Is all I'm saying. But it's not her son. It. It's a golem. That's <laughs> mm, weird. Uh, it was weird, it was, man. It was weird. I, it doesn't. It makes no sense as to why she had to do it that way. She could have well, given. No, she well, could have given it a kiss and then put her hand up and pulled it out, and it would have been the exact same thing. Yeah. Why did she have to pull it out with her mouth? <laughs> just please explain this to me it's gross i'm sorry that's, that's a gross visual especially when you know what the visual is listen it's she, weird she had finally experienced lady on top coitus and she was feeling sexy and she figured i'm gonna give this golem one last sexy kiss before it turns into dust farewell dead son <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I know. It was weird. It's weird. But come on. It's just, weird. It's not that big of a deal. Ugh, all right. I, I, I don't know like, that I have anything Like you've else never open mouth kissed your mom. <laughs> Once. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I just don't. I, I, overall, I don't know, overall, did you like the movie, though? You know what? I'm not going to. Yes, I did. There, I liked the visuals of it. I liked. Like I said, the story wasn't bad. It was the execution that I had a problem with. Okay. I'm just one of those people that sometimes when I see cracks in the concrete, I have a hard time following it. You know, that's all. But the movie, I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. It was not a bad movie. It's funny because we skipped our episode where we where we would have talked about Candy Corn in the Barn, both of which you loved, both of which were terrible. <laughs> Yet you think this movie just had too many cracks in the concrete. Just saying. I don't know. I just don't get you sometimes, man. But it is what it is. They also they also leave the, uh, the ending is basically the the paper falls in the hands of somebody else. At the oh, end it's, of it. it's Annabelle. It's, Anna- it's the uh, it's the, the daughter of so at, it, there's a whole thing. Somebody dies, they had kids, the orphan daughter now has the paper. But She's got reason to want revenge. Yeah, that's what's the. That's why it's kind what of a sinister like a, ending because she has a reason to want revenge against what Hannah. What I don't like about that ending though is that it basically leads it leads you to believe that now Hannah's going to do the same thing to get her revenge. Annabelle or Annabelle rather is going to do the same thing to get her revenge. Mm-hmm. Apparently, finding out the true name of God is not a hard thing, and no one's just ever tried <laughs> because well, she's this got, is now three golems that they're alluding to she's in got the span ye- of one generation. She's got years to figure it out. I'm just saying, should have been maybe a little bit harder to do. That's all I'm saying. He, well, she didn't do it yet. She's got to study and figure it out. So maybe like 30 years down the road, she can get her revenge. Sure. It's the slow play, Mike. Sure. You just you just stop nitpicking sure. everything. Jeez. <laughs> um, this is a fun fun fact. Uh, we'll end it on this. A fun okay. fact. Yeah. Uh, the demon's name is a Bizu. Bizu. A Bizu. Or is, is it just B? Is it just Bizu? Because it starts with an A. A Bizu. Starts with an A. That's yeah. all I know. Um, is the Jewish form of the demon Pazuzu from The Exorcist? Oh, 
Okay, here's another fun fact. That was from the other movie. <laughs> I might have written that down on the wrong notes. <laughs> Are you sure? That was funny. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, okay. Never at, never at any time did they try and figure out the name of the golem. No, I just, just, I just golem. assumed that maybe someone smarter than me knew it. That's all. No. <laughs> no. Put that down for the wrong thing. Well, that's a good way to go out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for this week. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC and uh, go get your free book from Audible at audibletrial.com slash the Buzzkill Podcast. Yes, sir. If you want to find J Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. All right. All right, gentlemen. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have a plan for next week? Nope. No? All right. We'll figure it out. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Try to have a good night.